following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. What up, world? Welcome to the Fives of the Week podcast, episode 19. It's your boy, Philly. Hollywood Bandersnatch. And Andrew WK. My boy's in the building. Yes. Clap it up for him. Clap it up for him. Hey. So Party good to hard. see you, brother. So yes. good to see you, man. Thanks for coming out, dude. Thanks for having me, fellas. This is uh, this is awesome. Got to say, it's my first podcast ever. But uh, I've been over here for what the last hour and Great. just just chatting you guys up and cutting it up. I feel like we've already done a podcast. Yes, yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> amazing, amazing. Now it's time to get into the meat and potatoes. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So how's your week, man? I mean, what, what's new? Talk to me. Oh man, week's been good. Week's been good. I uh, I was telling you earlier. I went to uh, Minneapolis last week for work, and I saw Prince's house. Uh, That's got awesome. To, got to walk through it. Uh, my my boss had said to me, "Hey, uh, what what do you want to do for this event, this sales summit we're having?" And I'm like, "I only know about Prince's house in Minneapolis." I said, "So can we go there?" She said, "Yeah." And boy, what a life that guy lived. Yeah, amazing. amazing. I hear everybody I talk to that's seen him perform live, absolute best performer they've ever seen, they say. Everybody I talk to, it's amazing. I wish I could have seen it. Yeah, he played all the instruments. But it was good, man. Life is good. I've got a, I've got a little girl coming in two months. My wife and I are just kind of getting ready for, for the birth. Work's been great. I'm uh, I'm just thrilled to be sitting here chopping it up with you. That's good. Let's talk awesome, about wrestling. Man. Dork absolutely. out a little bit. Yes. Yeah, and congratulations again, <laughs> yes, man. I know absolutely. we already toasted, but it's, it's awesome. You're going to be a great father. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, so uh, Hollywood, how was your week, Mike? Not bad. I ain't doing much. No? Yeah, you know, they got people laid off over there at work mm-hmm. and everything, and I'm there. But uh, one of the few, the proud. Um, the Hollywood. Yeah, been in the pool. <laughs> Not the bar. The Not pool. the bar, the pool. And there's no pissing, and I tell you, there's no pissing. <laughs> I'm running the pool out. You might not get that joke, but there's actually a company called Swimply where you can rent your pool out to families. That's a smart business model. It is, but would you do that personally? No. Because nobody's coming to my pool unless I know you. You know what I'm saying? I'm sorry. I mean, no Snickers floating in your pool. No Snickers, mate. <laughs> no pissy bubbly. Does it, like, do you get a refund if they... <laughs> Give you a Snickers bar in your pool. <laughs> your boy's shit in my pool. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be the... asking for one for sure. Oh, it's got to be so unsanitary, though. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Your you kid just... violated my pee policy. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Why is my pool yellow? Damn you. In Section 8C, it clearly states, do not piss in my pool. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'd put the ink in there that caused it to change colors. So yeah, you can't right. even get away with it. Everybody right. sees it, the neighbors see it. It's red. What yeah. was that movie? Didn't they do that in like Grown Ups with Shaq? I think when he jumped in a pool and he pissed and everybody's like, scattered. Yeah, they're like, oh, he yeah, pissed. It was like pool. blue, like a dark blue or yes, something like that. Yes, yeah, yes, it's hilarious. Yes. Yeah, so I mean, week's been good. I've been off work all week, just getting caught up on some things, man. And, um, you know, yeah, life is good. Life is what you make it, right? Very so, good. That's yeah. right. Absolutely. I'm just happy to be here, man. Been waiting all week, been fired up about this podcast. Oh, so. Yeah, yeah. You got football um, starting tomorrow, though, yeah? Uh, Monday, yeah, yeah. High school football kicks off, man. So I'm excited about that. Getting the game plan together, getting the boys riled up. You know, Let's go. Yeah, it's uh, it's a great feeling, man. I can't wait till that uh, till that whistle signals, man. That kickoff's live, man. That's, oh that's, God, the it's a great feeling. Get. It's never like suiting up again, but it's pretty close. Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking, I'll never miss, or I'll never, you know, forget suiting up. Right. Just, Doing it, the process. I'm sure you see it all the time as a coach, but just those four years of my life, six years, including middle school, man, 
It was a rush. It was a thrill. Yes. Absolutely. Get, get ready to hit somebody. And sometimes coaching, you get that other rush. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's different. It's yes. similar but different. Absolutely. Yes. And now, you know, going into the high school ranks, get to take the bus rides. You know, some of them may be good, some of them may be bad, long right, and right. quiet. You right. know what I mean? Exactly. We've experienced plenty of those. There you go. <laughs> Me and Andrew. Oh, boy. You Do know we I mean? ever. More so. quiet bus rides than loud. <laughs> Shut your mouth. Be quiet. Not a effing word. <laughs> Plenty of those. Oh, yes, God. <laughs> so uh, did you guys see the world's steepest roller coaster? Dr. Diabolical's cliffhanger is set to open in Texas at Six Flags to feature a beyond 95-degree drop. You guys coaster guys or no? No. No, I'm not a coaster guy. I've got a couple good coaster stories. Okay. Um, Do tell. Well, I, I never have been a coaster guy, but the one time that I was was on uh, junior junior year Senior skip day. That was the last time I went to Cedar Point, which is like almost 20 years ago. Oh, wow. And that was the day where I had to ride every ride because of people that I was with. Mm, and nice. that was the year that the Top Thrill Dragster was, was out. And I'm looking at this thing standing in a three-hour line, and it is a steep drop. Like, it was intimidating looking at it for three hours. Right. Until, you know, a couple hours go by, and I got on that thing. Right. And it was... It's up there with the best 15 seconds of my life. <laughs> There's been many other yeah. best 15 seconds. Oh, I imagine. I can relate. <laughs> but no, I'm not, not really a coaster guy. Well, this is something we probably can't relate to, but I know Hollywood could because he probably caused this. There's a woman that broke the Guinness World Record for the largest mouth gap. What? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You got it bloody this is, me. This is actually a thing. I mean, it looks like someone's pulling out like a like a carp or something from the water. Her mouth's just like enormously large. You can look it up. It's crazy. It just, oh, it caught my eye because I'm like, is this real? And it said, yeah, this woman broke the world record for the largest Whoa. mouth gap. <laughs> How does she feel about that? I don't know, but obviously she's proud of it to put it out online and stuff. Wow. You know what I mean? Hollywood, what'd you do, man? Did you get a name from her? <laughs> One of the many, I'm sure. <laughs> it wasn't the damn swallows, was it? No, man. <laughs> Yeah, so pretty wild, man. I don't know. It was uh, news-wise pretty uneventful this week. So as you can see, I'm kind of reaching. <laughs> yeah, you're stretching for largest mouth gap. <laughs> but uh, Wait, let me see a picture before we even get off this topic. Oh, can I see what a mouth yeah. gap looks so, like? I believe it's a big, wide boss mouth. Yeah, it is. A, it's quite the boss mouth. <laughs> this is a true story, folks. Come on. <laughs> I'll share this to the uh, social media pages so everybody can see yeah, it later. You know, I, I see everything in there. <laughs> I see everything in there. She needs to check up at the dentist's office. Oh, my goodness. You know who she looks like? She looks like she's in the uh, Soundgarden Black Hole Sun video. <laughs> Black Hole Sun <laughs> just opens up. Oh, oh unbelievable, God. man. Hollywood, oh, wow. uh, what you got? What you want to wrap well, about, I want to say with the roller coasters, my experience was the demon drop. The demon the drop. De oh. All I remember, oh, it's not that high. Get up there and I hear click, 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 nothing. Mm. Pure silence. The next thing you know, I'm on the ground and me balls are way up there. <laughs> <laughs> that was the last time I said, I go on the little water logs. Yeah. And I'll watch people. I, I just, that's too much, man. Yeah, see, I like the water park. I know it sounds soft or whatever, but, I mean, I did coasters. I took my son, like, two or three years ago, and we went, I was like, all right, you're not bitching out on me. We, we walked straight to the Raptor, rode the ride. Yeah. We did like four or five. Neither him or I wanted to do the big ones. 
You know what I mean? Like the crazy ones, Millennium Force and stuff. I could just, I could live without it. What's the one on the floor? You know the one that that locks you up against the wall and the floor goes out? Mm. That one's crazy. I think Uh, I've been on that one years ago. You know what I'm saying? You're you're locked up. Gravity's got you up against the wall. Right, right, That's crazy, dude. Yeah. I rode on Disaster Transport for like five years in a row because it was the only one that didn't have any drops because I hated roller coasters. It just didn't like the way it made me feel. I'll tell you what, that one time I went... I loved it. Like it's that one day, loved yeah. it. Some people live for it, man. They really do. I guess I could take it or leave it, but if I'm with a, a fun group or something, I, I'd stick it out. My for a kids day, love I guess. it. They go on. The, they want to go on the biggest ones. They love it. Yeah. So yeah. let me ask you this: If you've rode coasters m- most recently, because I haven't, are the fast passes worth it, or are you just getting into an even bigger line and you paid more money? No, they it? they do. It works. I did it because we had a uh, we went for a baseball tournament and like I said, um, yeah, works pretty quickly. Mm. Very bigly, bigly, <laughs> big league. Up front here, please. The biggest roller coaster, the greatest, fake the greatest, news. fastest roller coaster of all time. All of the other roller coasters are jealous. <laughs> <laughs> they all love me equally. <laughs> Everybody says it. <laughs> There's only one name that comes to mind when you think of fresh, delicious, and award-winning pizza in the Blue Water area. It's 24th Street Pizza. Stop settling for average pizza and switch to the best. It's 24th Street Pizza. Stop in today or visit them online at 24thStreetPizza.com to see everything that their menu has to offer. All right, so transitioning here. NFL training camp kicked off this week uh, with many of fights around the league, including here in Detroit and in New York. Yeah. I hear uh, Joe Judge was pretty pissed off in New York, and, um, yeah, some stuff went down here in uh, Allen Park as well. So um, also um, Calvin Johnson going into the Hall of Fame this week, and I know we touched on this just a tad bit earlier, but I really want to dive in here. So did you guys hear the offer the Lions gave him to come back and kind of pay his money? No, I didn't. I knew it was in the works. Yeah, so I heard it on the way here. Yeah, so basically like a three-year deal to be an ambassador and, you know, 500 k per year. And he basically said no. He said no. He said no, yeah. Wow. Because they can't just write him a check. Like here, here's 1.6 or 7 million, whatever it is, something, something along those lines. I could be wrong on that, but. Did he it, say why he didn't want it? He he told Dave Burkett that it was um, Burkett that it was less than what he was owed, or what he paid back. So he's like, they're not serious about it. Hmm. Uh, what's your guys' take? I'm just interested on this this whole is that one back and forth really going to kill him though? I mean, no, I think it's more or less of, the principle. You're trying to make the point, yeah, yeah, of how he was treated. You know what I mean? Because um, he said he was basically, from what I heard on the way here, that um, he said he was hurt the last year. And he just got tired of the circus of the different coaches and all this stuff, and he didn't want to do it anymore. Yeah, you know, that's, you that's, know. that's understandable. Yeah. But uh, I think it goes back to, like, why the Lions have struggled. We don't, we'll, won't go down the whole rabbit hole of how, you know, their history and how bad they are. But when it comes to stars, you have to almost take care of them because it, it keeps, like, some, some history alive. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it builds something. I agree. And every star has their own legacy, and it's not always the same. But they have, I believe the Lions have an obligation to protect Calvin Johnson's Absolutely. legacy. And, and what is the cost for that? Well, when you're a team that hasn't won a Super Bowl in 57 years and you still look at Bobby Lane like an absolute legend. Right. It's important. And you went 0-16. And, I mean, who, for that decade, Calvin Johnson was the best wide receiver in football. Full, full stop. The best. He was phenomenal. 
But I have to give my, you know, kudos to Matthew Stafford, how he did business. He didn't leave him hanging and dry. He says, hey, you could trade me. This will help both teams. You get somebody for me. I, I think uh, you got to take your hat off to him. Yeah, and I respect yeah. that. And we don't know if, if Calvin actually had that conversation right. with that, that regime. They wouldn't um, trade him. Apparently but, not. But, you know, the regime that's still there is Rod Wood. Yeah. The man yeah. who writes the check. And so you look at the tea leaves, you look at this story, it's really between probably Rod Wood and Calvin Johnson. Yes, right. Like and it's just man. a matter of business, money, accounting. I mean, I got to take a look, and I don't know if you've seen these videos, but I got to take a look at Sheila up front when mm-hmm. she was in the draft room this mm-hmm. past year, and I was very impressed with how engaged she was, how open she was. She wants to win. Somebody's right? in her ear. Somebody, yeah, sure. I mean, she she cares. Yes. So it seems in this situation, it's probably a matter of money with the money guy. Yeah, I agree with that. Definitely. Um, again, protecting that legacy, they they kind of. I feel like they owe it to him. Uh, the dude, he balled out for him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like he has a gripe. But and you look at Rod Wood's point of view, he's just a money guy. He does. I don't think he understands the other aspects. Maybe he doesn't. It's too bad. That he doesn't. I think he needs to go. It's it's more than just you know. Again, when we talk business and things mm-hmm. like that, it's more than just people being numbers. And a lot of times, that's what it, it is to a lot of people. Sure. Yeah. But Calvin Johnson is he's going into the Hall of Fame. Absolutely. You know, what I mean, he's not just a, a player. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. But back to your point, like, what is a hundred thousand dollars to Calvin Johnson? Is it really a big deal to him? It's a solid offer, and he'll be cared for, and he'll be made. Ho- the whole less a hundred grand is it a big deal but maybe it is a matter of principle yeah, like, yeah. why you have a hundred grand to give me mr right. wood right right if i were him and you know the thing is too people keep asking well you're gonna mention lions he's got nothing to say about the lions and that that's sad especially us as fans knowing the marquee we watch this guy a number 81 do all the fantastic things he's done and yeah. it's not even gonna be mentioned that that's just bad blood there man no, it's sad. It's uh, very sad. That's why, like, I normally I'd be super excited, you know, like for Barry and stuff like that. But yeah. with, for this one, it's he's one of my favorite players of all time. Yet there's going to be that asterisk against it. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. he's got such a a slight towards the organization. It's it's really unfortunate. It'll be made whole. I'm confident it'll be made whole. I'm hoping so. Y- you know, you know why it might be made whole, guys, is because Dan Campbell played with him. Yeah, and, that's right. That's you know, right. let's say over the next two, three years, we finally get what we all want. A contender, a winner. Yes. yes. You know, momentum. The city's behind us. Mm-hmm. Dan Campbell, he, does, he just needs to win a playoff game, and there's a statue waiting for him in front of Port <laughs> Field. No doubt. So maybe it does take a couple years for it to work out, but Calvin Johnson and the Detroit Lions are linked for life. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's the only team he ever played for. It has to be. It's, it's got to work itself out. I really hope it does. Speaking of Dan Campbell, this guy's he's come to Detroit on fire, baby. <laughs> Andrew, love I know you're hyped about it. Talk about love him, baby. Talk about it. Because I felt like I knew this community. I played here. All right. Here's what I know. Just as an overall philosophy, you're going to say, well, what's this team going to be? What's it not going to be? Here's what I know. All right. I know that Detroit's made up of great people, some really good people. All right. This community is strong. Um, this place has been kicked, it's been battered, it's been bruised, and I can sit up here and give you coach speak all day long. I can give you, uh, you know, hey, we're going to win this many games. I can't, that, uh, none of that matters, and you guys don't want to hear it anyway. You've had enough of that shit, so excuse my language, all right? 
here's what I do know is that this team is going to take on the identity of this city. All right. And the city's been, been down and it found a way to get up. All right. It's found a way to uh, overcome adversity. All right. And so this team's going to be built on, uh, we're going to kick you in the teeth. All right. And when you punch us back, we're going to smile at you. And when you knock us down, we're going to get up. And on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off. I got to say, I got to say, you know, I have been a lapsed fan of the Lions for quite a while. Um, Not interested, not engaged for all the right reasons. (laughs) It's just heartbreak. It's pain to be a Lions fan. But uh, when, when Brad Holmes was brought in, and I listen to how he interprets and views the game and how he picks Dan Campbell and even Chris Spielman just saying, hey, we got to write this ship. We got to start all over. Yes, absolutely. You can't – I just was interested. And one thing led to another, guys, and I've been a fan of this guy. In wrestling parlance, I've been a mark for this guy <laughs> since the start. He's made the list. <laughs> he made the list. So – he gets a big pop every time he comes out. Yeah, for me he does. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. what do you think? Beyond biting kneecaps, have you had a chance to like? Yeah, and I see the like mainstream media. They like to hone in on that. Oh yeah. god, it's just part of who he is. He's he's so real to the core, and he's just about his business. He, he's a right, former right. player, like most that staff is. So it's just that pure passion coming out, and I think it's coming from a real good place. Um, I'm really excited about it, but I'm also trying to be realistic. So I know Hollywood, he'll call me and get me all hyped up about it. And I got to kind of dial him back down because you look at the roster, it's not quite where we're at, but he might be able to get the most out of those guys. Yes. I think good coaches can get, excuse me, more out of those average subpar players. Sure. Especially because they put so many of them on prove it deals. Yeah. What do you got? I mean, you look at your wide receiver corp, that's the one thing that kind of scares me a little bit. You don't really have playmakers, but I do like St. Brown, like we talked about earlier. Um, a lot of people say he's a steal of the draft, so. Yeah, he got tangled up with Iffy. He got that, yeah. got that fight with Iffy, man. Yeah. I, yeah. I love it, because yeah. Campbell's like, I love it. Right, right, right. He was all about it. He's like, where's the steel cage? <laughs> <laughs> and you know the thing is, it stayed on the field. Right, That's sure. what's, That's what's good. It stayed on the field, and, you know, it's good, man. I love it, man. I'm ex- I'm really excited. As it should. I mean, you got guys like Mark Brunel, um, Aaron Glenn. You know what I mean? Randall L. Yeah, all these guys that have Deuce, played ball the Deuce. at a what high about level. That Deuce? Yep. Yeah, Deuce Staley. Deuce is intense. What about fellas? Lynn? The man, Lynn. Yeah, Anthony love Lynn. It. That was a great hire. I think he's a great offensive mind. You look what he was able to do with Justin Herbert last year. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal job. I think uh, with that offensive line and the backs we have, I'm really excited about that. Yep. I'm ins- excited to see a, I mean, the term rebuild is so overused and it, this really is a, a rebuild, but it can be a retooling as they say. Yes. It really can be. Yeah. And and I can see now and believe now that it's in coaching and it's in leadership yes. that can accelerate that. For sure. You may have your blue collar team there. Yeah. Not a bunch of all-stars, but a blue collar, punch in, come to work, go home. Mm. Like going Do to work, there Pistons. you go. Yes, and yeah. look at the Pistons. They're showing it with Weaver. I'm not gonna, you know, people whatever they say, but I make my own decisions here. Yeah, had a wonderful draft. Let's see what that team does. I love this it's a year's long draft. time. Loved it. The Red Absolutely Wings, same thing. Stevie Y, give me a chance. Great draft. All yeah. three Detroit teams had good draft for the first yeah. time. I feel like all three of those guys, Garza, Livers, and, and Cade, they're all gonna I think produce like right away. 
Um, and they have, and they've proven it. Yeah. I mean, it's really stunning though that Garza is not valued by the league in the same in the same way that he's valued as a college player. I mean, he's got an, a list of accolades that are just a mile long. Did you watch him in the tournament? I did. Amazing. What about uh? I watched Duncan... him for a long time. Yes. Not to change gears, but Duncan Robinson just signed the biggest uh, undrafted free agent um, contract in the NBA. He played for Michigan. And kind of reminds me of one of those guys. Maybe a guy that's kind of like not a prototype, but finds his, his way in the NBA. He, yeah, he knows his role. Yeah. You yeah. know, and, and props to Duncan Robinson. I My wife and I have basketball season tickets, and we started going a lot when Duncan was playing. And he did the same role at Michigan as he does on the Heat. He just drills threes, finds ways to get open so he can take the shot. There you go, man. You know. It's kind of like the mule, Don Mulebach. He's made a living off just snapping the football, dude. You find your role, <laughs> right, and you, you, right. you can make a fucking great living off it. You know what I mean? Well, look at Carmelo. He's going to the Lakers. He's finally going to say, I'm going to understand my role now, or you're not wanted on this team. Yeah, and I think he has the last few years just with the wrong teams. You know what I mean? So Would it be the one? It could be. They, they look good. They're a little bit older. Lakers they definitely said that's older. the old man team. Mm-hmm. Can but they hold up for you know a full 82 games? That's the man, question. Man, Russell Westbrook, God. He's an animal, man. He's a beast. Yes. They're loaded. I mean, we'll see what happens. Which is why I want to see a young, scrappy, going-to-work team. Just bring them down. Bring down yeah. the super teams. It's just more entertaining to watch. Maybe we're a little biased because we had the going-to-work Pistons. But right, right. You know, that's what we did against the Lakers back then. That yeah. was an all-star team, man. Yeah. You know, it, it was amazing. I love that team. You look at how many conference championship finals they were in for all those years. Under Carlisle, then Larry Brown finally, finally got them over the top. Yes. Amazing job. So who yeah. knows? Maybe the same thing could be duplicated with the Lions. I know it's a little bit harder with parity because other teams get good and the salary cap causes issues, but um, it's something to look forward to. It's, it's a breath of fresh air. It's not the old... I like Jim Caldwell, but he he obviously lacks certain things. Mm-hmm. Matt Patricia, I wasn't a fan of. No, uh, I don't think right, anybody no. was. I think it was just he lost the uh, team real early. Yeah, it was just a, a flat line, just like yeah. Uh, and I like the Red Wings. We were blessed with the Red Wings. Twenty what twenty three years? Oh we yeah, were blessed. Spoiled rotten. Spoiled rotten. Man, I was on the third floor, top floor of a hockey town cafe when it was us and the Penguins in Game Seven. Remember that. Down, oh, wow. at the, down at the Joe, and yes. everybody was rocking. Oh, we were God. ready to party, ready to go nuts. And then we lost. We lost, yeah. I was down in Mount Clemens, partying my ass off, so happy. And then. And I was at Izzy's, which was the Apollo on 12 mm-hmm. Mile Road. And we looked outside, and Grashit was bumper to bumper. And the fire truck come down. We just jumped and got in there. We was cruising down. It was crazy. Yeah. Mayhem. Yeah. We did, did oh, that too. Oh, God, man. how people came together. Didn't even know. <laughs> hey, you be? I mean, yeah, yeah. oh, it was crazy. Uh, Could you imagine the party if the Lions were in the Super Bowl? Oh, and it's God. winding down. The clock's ticking down. We have a lead. There goes the Rensen. Burn. I mean, hey. how, how tight would your assholes be? I mean, <laughs> would you bleach it? Would you bleach it? <laughs> I, I've said it for a long time, Mike, but the day that happens, the moment that happens, you're never going to see more grown men cry. Yeah. Than and that, not only that, that moment right there. Every point. business absolutely right. will shut down. Yeah. People will be gone. I'm telling you. They Nobody's will... going to work Monday. No, Nobody. not at all. What's, what's work? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're going to have to soak that one in, man. Yes. I oh, really yeah. hope we get to enjoy that in our lifetime. Yes. I think we will, man. I, I'm going to 
go out on a limb and say I believe in this regime and Dan Campbell. And I watch him. And Mike, you and I had the same coach growing up playing football, but there was a lot of shades of that man in yeah. Dan Campbell. I want to run through a brick wall for this guy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I see it. And, you know, working under Peyton, I mean, Sean Peyton. Yeah, he's one of the best. Yes. I mean, you can't deny it. He had you there for a reason. Yeah. yeah. And he's going to kind of, you can see Dan kind of doing the same thing with Deuce because he's like a head coach in grooming. So yep. mm-hmm. I really like what they have going on. I hope they can keep adding to it. Do you guys see a golf as a golf as a long-term answer at quarterback, though? Um, It's a good question. I mean, he's getting a lot of heat in the press from all the sports writers. Um, I, I do see it being a long-term answer, yes, but I also see the Lions improving in other areas of their football team to say, we need to have our guy. We yeah. need to have our long-term guy because we've built something really great here. Yes, right. I believe that. He's 26 years old. But I young. believe they'll get that quarterback in where he can sit and groom him the right way. Yeah. And then let him come up maybe two, three years. We're right there, man. So I feel like they're going to have to have a bad year, though, to get to that top young guy, unless they hit a diamond in the rough somewhere. And they have the draft capital, too. Let's not forget. That's true. Could happen. Good point. Could happen. But I don't don't see the Rams flaking out. But anything could happen. Anything's possible. Anything could happen in the NFL, man. And they already lost a running back. I mean, look, at they're they're searching for somebody. You know what NFL stands for, right? What's it stand for, damn you? Not for long. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Miggy, Miggy is closing in on 500. So, we only had one homer. We talked about this last week, but he's two away. We, we almost went down to the game yes. yesterday, but yeah, it was kind of a dud anyway, and it was an afternoon game. So, he's supposed to play, what, two games out of this next series? I think they're going to sit him. Do you think he hits it by uh, next podcast, next Friday? I think he hits it in Baltimore. Yeah. He'll get one with Cleveland. I don't think he'll get the second one. Okay. It'll be on the road, though. I'd be very surprised if, if he's able to bring it back home. It's... I got no opinion. I have to say, honestly, because uh, I unfortunately have checked out of the Detroit Tigers for this season. But I wish Miggy the best of luck, and I am happy to hear that he's resembling some That's sort of enough. former self, you know. Yeah, he's having fun with them young guys. Yeah, he's kind of he's had somewhat of a resurgence. He's not obviously what he's been in years past, but um, you're starting to see he's not going to left as much. He does like going to right field. Mm-hmm. He's starting to get a little bit of that power back. Seems like he's in better shape. So he just set another record too. Thirty nine at bats. Let me ask you a question. Since you're watching baseball probably much more regularly than I am, what are your thoughts about the pitchers having an advantage with? Whatever stuff they're putting on their hands, oh, like crazy. that's a big controversy. The pine tar, the pine, yeah. Is this? Are you seeing that as baseball fans that pitchers have more of a of an advantage now than they did say? Five well, you're years. not seeing it anymore because it kind of stopped with Trevor Bauer, which he's in legal trouble now and stuff like that. So now they're checking him every inning before the game. The belt, give me the hat, give me the glove. They took what's his name's glove away, Mize's glove away. At one point, he had to borrow somebody else's glove. Um, they don't want you going to the cap um, with the risen and then coming here. They think, you know, like you're trying to get something, get a little sticky on the ball, makes the ball move and jump. But, like, I, I think, you know, them guys are out there sweating. They're not allowed to touch their their pitching arm. Um, 
baseball did it to themselves. Mm. You know, they see this, we want the long ball. Well, this ball's moving. Then they go from changing the balls. I mean, it's just, you know, just like the home run things. You know, they were hitting all the homers. They were making all that money. People were filling the stands, and it was, well, let's check them, you know, the steroid and all that crazy stuff. They created when they lost fans years ago, yeah. you know, and the game's changing so much. It's like they want to take an umpire from behind her and have a machine call all the strikes. It'd oh, be an invisible be box. That will be the day. It yeah. would. Yeah. It's, That's crazy you bring up the steroid era in baseball. It's very similar to wrestling. You remember mm-hmm. that whole thing? Yes. Mm-hmm. And, I uh, sure do. WWE really struggled there for a long time. Because I was looking at like how big WrestleMania was in the early years and then how it kind of, during that steroid area, they're in like these smaller venues for even WrestleMania. They're in Sh- Chicago at... Rosemont. Yeah. I mean, what, 17, 18,000 people as opposed to 60, 70, 80? It's... And I, you know, that you bring that up, I got a very valid point on a certain wrestler that I seen today. Mm. And you'll be interested in that. Well, one. we're all chomping at the bit, so let's not wait any longer, gentlemen. <laughs> Damn uh, you. This week we are discussing our top five favorite wrestlers. Um, we're all actually going to get into our favorite theme songs and our top five favorite matches. So very excited. We can talk probably for five, six hours about this, oh, but God. we'll try to keep it uh, somewhat contained if we can. Um, but a few things. <clears throat> Wrestling headline-wise, I wanted to get into this whole WWE releasing Bray Wyatt. Um, And they've had a stretch here of releasing some really good talent. And it kind of, as a loyal WWE guy, kind of chaps my ass a little bit. You kind of puckered. I mean, (laughs) like Mick Foley said, Bray Wyatt was a visionary, extraordinary talent, man. And it's just very, very unfortunate. I don't know. I think there's some things beneath the surface. I feel like Vince McMahon within the next five years sells the company. And I think he's really trying to fly under the radar and keep keep that that line as close to where it needs to be, um, because I can't find another explanation. I know Bray was kind of going through some personal things after Brody passed. Yes, mm-hmm. but you just don't let a guy like that walk on the street, man. And like Eric Bischoff came out and said, "Why is Vince McMahon feeding AEW all this talent? There's got to be other factors involved." I think he's having a hard time. Of letting his father's business go, and it's slipping between the cracks of his hands. Well, he's he's lost a a grasp a, a grasp for a long time now. Just give it up. He won't let Triple H have it, and he should have a while ago. You know, and it's it's really unfortunate. It's sad that we see it. We all see it. Did I say that we all see it? We all see it. Bray Wyatt. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. Hey, fellas, you should tell your audience what the new mic check is on the On the podcast. count of three, this is going to be the new mic check. One, two, three. Let me in. <laughs> We're such dorks. I fucking love it. We oh, love yes. wrestling. Not like yes. a bunch, you know, uh, old heads sitting around talking about fucking wrestling. I used to get pissed. With, it's only entertainment. That's so stupid. Dude, like, I have the conversation. I defend it all the time. All the time. And it's crazy that people still take that point of view of, like, it's fake. I mean, I've been proving people off of this my whole life. Come on. I understand it's entertainment, but when you get whacked with a chair across your melon by The Rock 16 times, and you're only supposed to do it five. Ask Mick crowd. Foley how fake it is. Yes. Right. I'll tell you. Right. Or, I mean, you go in there and you just run off the ropes for the first time, you're going to have welts on your back. You know, right. various wrestlers have said that, and uh, it's just, I don't know. You take it for what it is, right? I mean, 
there's you gotta have raw athleticism. I mean, these guys are, are physical specimens. Yes. You know, I mean, it's no different than a chick watching a soap opera. You know what I'm saying? But at least there's some. Uh, so true. You know what I mean? Some athleticism there too. You know what I mean? I so, agree, 100. percent So I, mean, I know why that Mike and I have watched wrestling for a long time. We've we've developed a really great friendship, partly because we both like wrestling. Hollywood, how long have you been watching wrestling? How long has it been your jam? I've been, I'm gonna say, probably 40 years. Wow. Yeah. 40 years. That's a good sample size right there. Iron Sheik. Sheiky baby. The Sheik. <laughs> USA. So you're going to have a top five of like Arn Anderson versus Tully Blanchard from 81. That was a classic. What do you Damn mean you, you haven't seen it? Oh, you know, my God. Bruno San Martino, oh, man. <laughs> Barry Windham. <laughs> <laughs> but wrestling's generational, right? Like That's Bobo the beauty Brazil. of it. Okay, since you're, you're the veteran here. The best era of wrestling was. Oh my God. I gotta say the nineties and eighties. Mm. Why? And, oh, it, it was so authentic. Just right off the rip. The stuff that they did. Hot Rod, Hogan. Um, when I look at them guys Harley racing them, guys were like old grandpas <laughs> and it's like you see these guys it's like, like dusty roads yeah like and the physiques of these guys the dusty roads baby oh yeah let me take it down there with beans and queens <laughs> son of a plumber baby <laughs> i love dusty roads though he was good uh flair and all them flair got it really flamboyant yeah um yeah i mean it was a golden era I mean, yeah. 80s and 90s, it's it's broad, right? I think right. I think the early 90s, what's funny about it is that it was such a tough time for the business, but there was so much memorable you know, content created, yes. matches yes. created in that time. And that was when I fell in love with wrestling. I mean, I was – it's crazy, but I remember the first wrestling match I ever saw. I was, uh, I was eight years old. I had just turned eight, and I was watching WWF Superstars on Saturday morning. And uh, it was a battle royal, and I was just, I didn't know what to do with myself. It was so cool to see, and after that, I was hooked. Oh, yeah. I was, it was hooked. Amazing. It was amazing. Uh, but you look at, like I said, even at that time with the WWE, at a point, they got stale. Mm. You know what I mean? Where it was like, okay, are we going to do anything else? We need other superstars here. You know, and even like your guys' era, when... The Rock was nobody. He was Rocky Maivia coming up. Even before that, it was okay. Yeah. And then them guys bring a whole new other scene. Uh, Rock, Austin, Edge, and the list goes on. Yeah. I like that as well. Well, see, when you brought that up, I think I started watching when I was six in, like, 92. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing that one pay-per-view in London, Wembley Stadium, Bulldog, Bret Hart, and I just, I fell in love with Bret Hart. That was my favorite. Well, I don't want you to get ahead of myself, but I love Bret Hart. I love the hitman. Love the hitman. Yes. And when he lost, I was so pissed, and I'm like, man, even at a young age, I was so invested in it. You know what I'm saying? I just, I kind of fell in love with it. And, uh, but my favorite era was definitely the Attitude Era. I, uh, just so much fun. It was so uncut, just so wild and crazy. And the, the, 
the Monday Night Wars, man. Oh God, yeah. bouncing, flipping a channel back and forth, and I, I again, I'm a WWE guy, but great memories. Yeah, great WCW memories. had their run too, and oh, there's no doubt. I just think yeah. it's so well scripted that you can already know what's going to happen. Well, you know, you have to have the ability to tell stories, and that's what makes wrestling so fun to watch. And a story is told in a way that makes you believe. When you, when you as a wrestling fan get to suspend reality, like you have to do that to mm-hmm. even watch it. Right. You know, when we were kids, we didn't really, but we kind of did. Now, as adults, of course we suspend reality. And to me, the business of wrestling is just as fascinating as what happens in the ring. Yeah. But, right. when, but when there's those moments that are created through good booking, great, you know, personality by the superstar, the fans are into it, the crowd believes, man, there's just nothing more exciting in entertainment. And there's been moments, and I'm sure we'll reference them tonight, right. that right. are just like awesome. Well, there's a little difference I can tell you that, that I that I see from my era going into your guys' era. A lot of it each and every night. You didn't know if the champ was going to win or lose. Sure. Now you see it. Now it's like, well, he can't lose because he's automatically going to defend this in SummerSlam. Mm. Back then, titles were switched. Hogan lost the title. You know what I mean? Yeah. We didn't and, know what booking was. Right. And now it's it's all staged, and there's yeah. a little difference. You to know? that point, too. Like, I didn't know. Remember back when Diesel won the belt at a house show? Yeah. And I didn't realize that until I went back and listened to Austin's podcast with Kevin Nash, and he told the story. And I was like, wow, I didn't even realize that. Because I used to get all the pay-per-views and stuff, but I didn't know what I know now. Right, mm-hmm. right. You know what I'm saying? You get so much more insight than you used to in the 90s. Yeah. Or even the 2000s, you know? You're hoping yeah. as a kid, you go to the thing, you go, he's got a chance to win the title tonight. Yeah. But you, you know, you go, well, no, he can't because he's got. He's going to keep it and he's going to go there. Yeah. Kind of just like a bummer, like, well, you know? And it's it's like an onion, right? Just like when we talked about women, you got to peel them back a layer at a time. And it's Damn like you. the wrestling world has kind of done that to us <laughs> as we get older, you know what I'm saying? And it's like you learn more about it, and it's almost even you're you're naive as a kid because you don't know any better but like as you get older it's like you almost enjoy it even more even more you know what i'm saying so and you enjoy looking at the past even more yeah like i'm sitting here watching your tv and i've got line of sight into wrestlemania 14 nice welcome everyone (laughs) and so you know this time was like degeneration x at the height of their popularity stone cold steve austin was just a red hot star but Shawn Michaels had a bad back. Shawn Michaels was in pain every day. Yes. Yeah. And did we know that? I, I didn't. I was still young. But I love the gimmick. Mike Tyson comes in, and he pushes Stone Cold oh, yeah. on Raw, and the whole sports world blew up. Yes, he was amazing. That was a huge moment for the WWF at that time. When going back to, like, crossover, I mean, think about the stones McMahon had to have when he put on WrestleMania, the first one. Oh, sure. I mean, he went and got, like, an all-star lineup from all the territories and pissed everybody off. Yep. But he had this, this idea, and he wasn't going to be denied and put on this great spectacle of a show. Right. And then the year after, he broadcasted, what, from, like, three different venues? Yeah. It was uh, WrestleMania two, The Coliseum. It was Illinois and in, and in New York. And then WrestleMania three here at the Silverdome. Yeah, Superdome, brother. And you know, Andre the Giant did not want to lose that title, but he was hurting so bad his body. And when he went down, he told Hulk to take it, and he was not supposed to win that night. And his body was hurting so bad, he knew he he couldn't do it no more. McMahon actually brought him back. It it was his undefeated streak because I think Hogan was the champ, right? Yes, that's right. But 
to the sports entertainment world, Andre had never lost a match. So that was his first oh, see, yeah, official loss. Right, yeah. So And he was done prior to that, but he did McMahon a favor. Because they were saying how bad in pain he'd be. Oh, yeah. His hips, yeah, his he was back, done. he just he couldn't. But he didn't want to give it to Hogan. Yeah. He had that animosity, but he knew he was the next one, you know? And it's just amazing when you, you see that. And you're like, wow, stuff I didn't know. Yeah. Because I'd have that little page and I'm going, okay, uh, Savage is fighting Paul Orndorff. <laughs> and I mean, it was so cool. You know what I mean? Mr. Wonderful. Non, yeah, non-title match. Right? You're like, they're not even fighting for the title. You know right, what I mean? Right, right. You, you know, back then for WrestleMania three in Michigan, they blacked the whole pay-per-view out in the whole state. That was Vince sick. blacked out the whole state to get people to get to the Silverdome and fill it up. You wow. son of a bitch. Yep, pretty wild. Man, we we start exchanging facts and talking about the past, and I just can't help but think to myself, it's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> JBL. <laughs> damn you, JBL. You know, I'm a dork for wrestling. I don't have long-form conversations about my dorkiness for wrestling. Right. But I got to tell you, when I, when I talk to others who are dorkier than me about wrestling, I think to myself... God, this guy's such a dork. Right. <laughs> he's a he's a dork. He's thinking about that about us right now, Hollywood. Is he a dink or is he a dork? The clown. <laughs> but you know, there's just some yeah. wrestling fans who are like Oh yeah. It's like enjoy the moment. This is a great wrestling moment. Oh, yeah. And you're always trying to maybe fantasy book and oh, what's gonna happen now? Just this is a great moment. Well, how just about this moment? Enjoy it. Drink it in, man. Yes. How about this moment, which I'm sure we all know, about the one guy in the front row when the Undertaker lost? The look on that dude's Hold face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was epic, dude. Oh, For epic. those who cannot see epic. Mike's face. Oh, my God. That dude's look was I, I might have challenged a homegirl with the gaping mouth right there. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what if she Too was in the crowd? Pull that up, damn you. <laughs> yeah. She's, oh, she's in the crowd when, uh, when somebody loses. So oh, SummerSlam two weeks away. You guys excited at all? Uh, you know, we were just saying... I think Roman Reigns is the best thing going right now. No doubt. Head of the table. Acknowledge what, me. What a transformation. And you know what's I don't want to get too deep into it, but it should have happened a couple years ago. You know, I this is what everybody it, yeah. wanted. It just would have fit so well. You had I'm to get glad, rid of Brock. I'm glad they're doing it now. Yeah, with Brock out of the picture, I think it makes yes, it easier. Yes. But what made him more badass, what would have, would be him going over Brock as a heel. That would have been I agree. fantastic because it's super, yeah, I don't know, it would have solidified him even more. You know what I mean? But he's done a great job. I really love what he's got going on You right know now. the best part I liked about him is when the two heads of the family, the Wild Samoans, mm. came out and put that around him. That was, that was. It was like the passing of the torch. Yeah, passing of the torch. And yeah. them guys were crazy back in the Pretty day. Pretty sweet. Oh, yeah. All of them the Samoans. Wild Samoans, yes. man. Yes. Yeah. I was just watching a YouTube video from a couple years ago. After he beat The Undertaker, and he comes out the night after on Raw, which is the most wild crowd of yes. the year. Yeah. And he's standing in the ring, and they are booing this man <laughs> harder than you've ever booed anyone. He's standing there for three straight minutes. He puts his mic up to his face, boo! <laughs> and it goes on and on and on. And you know, I also think that Roman's reigns, he needed to learn how to talk too on the mic. And so it did. Mm -hmm. And so when he put his his mic to his mouth and he opened his mouth, he goes, "This is my yard now." Drops the mic, walks out of the ring because he had a hard time (laughs) being on the mic. He was like, "He's 
Well, he did, but there's been uh, there's been greats too, though. You look at Bret Hart; he wasn't great on the mic by any means. No, yeah, I agree with that. Can we just get into top five? Yeah, okay. Let's get it, man. Hey, everybody! Just want to take a quick pause in the action to tell you about Cooper Lawnscape, Metro Detroit's expert quality service provider for all your landscaping and lawn needs. You can visit them on the web at cooperlawnscape.com or hit them at 586-329-9925. Also on all the social media platforms, including Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Call there and ask for Chad. He's the owner. That's my boy, Coop Dog, and make sure to let him know that Philly sent you. Again, that's cooperlawnscape.com, 586-329-9925 is the phone number. I promise y'all will not be disappointed. Now, let's get back to the show. And now we're pleased to bring you our feature presentation. Cause, cause this is a great, this is a great way to break down why this this wrestler's in your top five. He's getting excited, mate. All right, Andrew. Since you're so pickled, I'm gonna let you start it <laughs> off, mate. <laughs> All right, Anderson. <laughs> the full horseman. All right, so we're talking the top five wrestlers. Now, we're broad, right? There could be there's a million wrestlers and there's a million different federations. Mm-hmm. But we grew up watching WWF and WWE. So for I think for all of these, I'm just gonna kind of limit them to WWE. You know, there's a lot of cool stuff and cool characters in New Japan, but mm-hmm. admittedly, like I said a minute ago, I'm not that big of a dork, right? To like right. go d- deep down into the rabbit hole. Gotcha. But top five wrestlers. All right, so I'm gonna go number five. Oh, this is so hard. I know. <laughs> I'm looking at some of my honorables and I kind of want to change them, but it's it's difficult, you know. Yeah, but I'm not. Couple. I'm gonna leave it as is. You ain't got 15 honorables? No, <laughs> I got five. <laughs> it's even it's even hard to rank them. You know why it's hard to rank them? Because it's whatever you want. It's so subjective. It is. Yeah, that's why I said, however you want to interpret it, spill that it, one man. out. Spill it out. All right, number five, the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. What a great wrestler. Arguably in the ring. The greatest wrestler of all time. In ring work, yeah, man. I mean, he's it's going to be tough to uh, to duplicate his work. Over I his hated Shawn Michaels, but I re- I loved him at DX. Loved him in DX. Why did you hate him? Did you, so you hated him before DX? Yes, I I didn't like his lazy eye. No, he didn't have that before that. He he got that after when he retired. He he looks horrible now, but. I just think that <laughs> Bret Hart was so much better than him. And they kept downplaying him. And Bret Hart was my boy. And they kept downplaying him and downplaying him. And I'm like, for this guy? And I would actually, me and my son would go back and forth. Can you kill my guy? But Mike. you know what? One thing I will say about Shawn Michaels, I got to credit him for, is being loyal to the company. Yeah. And after all this shit came out about Bret Hart, you know, and the whole Montreal screw job and all that. He stayed. He stayed true, man. Stayed true, blue, and and was there to the end. He did, but he even turned on Triple H too. Man, when he wrestled yeah, Triple H, it, he runs NXT now. Both of them do. Yeah, but if you look at Shawn Michaels' career. We could talk for two hours. Any right. of these top five best ever, we could talk for hours about the career. But when you look at his performance in the ring. How effortless it was. How much charisma he had. Oh yeah. By how far. he was able to wrestle. 
essentially himself in a ring with yes. another wrestler. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. that's how great this man was. I agree. Yeah. No, know? absolutely. Um, his career was very admirable. And, and, you know, he took four years off. He had, obviously, huge personal problems. But when he came back, he had some of the best matches of yeah, all oh, time. Yeah, by far. Those matches far. with The Undertaker, dude, phenomenal. <sighs> when he gave him that finger, take yeah. me out. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that pissed off Bret Hart a lot. He didn't like his, his swagger. He, and was it a part of, did Brett think that he was maybe a little more agile than him and stuff? That he just despised him. I don't know if you remember during uh, the main event of WrestleMania 13, HBK was the special um, commentator. Mm-hmm. And uh, McMahon was doing an update on Stone Cold Steve Austin and uh, Bret Hart. And uh, King was like, oh, well, you know, Bret Hart's just complaining about something else. And he's like, Shawn Michaels was like, well... Bret Hart, everybody knows he doesn't like me, so he's probably saying something bad about me, too, or something along those lines. Mm. You know what I mean? But it was very, like, out there that them yeah. two did not like each other. You know and what I mean? Because I, he was more flamboyant, and you know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. And he the, said the that. Playboy you know? type, and, and Bret was more of the reserved and just kind of blue-collar guy. Yeah. You know, right, but yes. had a big ego. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I think what you both are saying is that the careers of Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart are linked inextricably and you can't talk about one without talking about the other exactly absolutely exactly uh and my my take on that too as well because that's a very good pick Shawn michaels kind of went with the times of the era where brett kind of stayed back the old like he said blue collar he wasn't willing to do that this show's turning into a soap opera all the swearing and all this and brett could never move past that and go with the new era he refused to and I think that kind of, you know, towards the end with his career was like, you know, Brett, come on, it's time for changing, man. You know, he wasn't willing to change. When you were a 40-year vet of, the, of wrestling as you are, did you ever watch Shawn Michaels when he was with the Rockers with Marty Jannetty? Oh, I thought he was horrible. But I, I, I thought he was good. <laughs> I just thought with him and, and Jannetty was like, dude, this is horrible, man. You guys are like the worst tag team ever. What was it? Uh, what was the show back then when he threw uh, Marty Jannetty through the mirror? Yeah, the, the barbershop window. Yeah, uh, the Heartbreak Hotel. Yeah. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Um, I didn't think he'd be that big of a star like like he was. Yeah, I, that's a fair point, Mike. What do you think? Did you did you like HBK? What do you What do you like about him? I I did like HBK. I liked him back then too. Um, but I didn't like him when he had when he first turned on Marty Jannetty. He kind of had like the hat, the mullet. You know what yeah. I mean? And I don't know. He's with the sensational Sherry. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I gained more and more respect for him as his career went on. Yeah. Because like his work got even better. You know what I'm saying? So sure. Yeah, he's uh he's up there for me. And he didn't make my five, but he's right on the outside. He didn't make your five. He didn't make my five, but he was right there, man. Wow. It, it was tough. Yeah, I, I had to so think many. about there's that. So many, I just had a couple other guys I really liked better. Mm. You know, so but it was it was hard to keep him out of there. Okay, you could say Fandangle, damn you, <laughs> Fandangle. It's <laughs> another mic check test right there. Right. Well, here's another thing about Shawn Michaels. I think what you all know. I was watching a documentary about him, and in them days with wild sharing and all that, he was really high, a lot and stuff. And they said he would go out knowing he had mm. a match. And he's coming, he's partying from the night before. It's part of the clique, but. And he said he just got in that and he, he, he wanted to party. He said that he, you know, Shawn Michaels was an ass. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't want to, you know, work with people. He, he was going to party. He wanted to party. Yeah. 
And then, you know, until he, you know, grew up a little bit and seen what, you know, he needed to do. But, yeah, as his career went on, showstopper. I mean, we're watching him right now here on the TV, fellas, and, and he is in so much pain in this match at WrestleMania 14, and you could see it on his face. He's in pain. Mm-hmm. But this is still an excellent match. You know, he could make anybody look good. Oh, yeah. Anybody. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Great pick. Love it. You didn't love it enough. I, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't love it enough, damn I you. knew he was going to be on yours, though, so I felt a little <laughs> bit better about leaving him off. All right, Hollywood, go ahead. Oh, this is good. We'll be the judges Tito of that. Santana. Damn you. <laughs> you got Tito on there? No. <laughs> I, was oh. <laughs> I thought he was serious. <laughs> You're going to really like this one. Eddie Guerrero. Yes, sir. Oh, my boy, Latino Heat. Latino. Oh, my God. Watch yeah, that guy man. from the ground up build his career. Mm. Unreal. And it's just sad what happened to him in the end. And you know he went clean. Mm. So when they were saying something with his heart he had, and then, you know, they were trying to give him these prescriptions and all that, and he said, you know, I'm done. I don't want to go back to, you know, where he was doing the drugs and everything and him and Vicky it got real bad he even got to a violent stage in there that some people didn't know he went to jail and everything and you seen his mugshot it was horrible dude he was high on something and uh, they said he straightened up his life he went to church and he was trying he, he wanted to get rid of all them demons he had and everything like that and they just said you know something in his heart that he died of natural causes and something with that heart and he just when they tried to wake him up on the wake up call he was gone Yeah, and they believe that you know his body, too, with, with the steroids that he was taking prior to that, could have caused that because his body, heart was getting yeah. as big as his body was getting. Yeah. You know, and it's just sad because he was in the prime of his career, man. You know, so he he's one of my favorites. You know, the thing about Eddie Guerrero that's really fascinating is he was able to get himself over in situations that most other people would not. No, absolutely you not. You know, his, if you remember when he was doing that bit with China, that mm-hmm. was a gag. That was yeah. not. He got that over, mm-hmm. and he made China look good, and he made himself look good, and they had bits that were hysterical. You know, he tagged with, he tagged with Rey Mysterio, he tagged with Chavo, and I, I think a couple of others. How about and, the Latino World Order and the yes. LWO? He just yes. he was able to get things over, not just with his with his mic skills, but in the absence of his mic skills. This dude could go. And that's where he, yeah. I think he was different from a lot of Latino wrestlers. Yes. It's hard to translate to the American fans sometimes, you know, because of the language barrier and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But he worked extra hard to get things over, like you said. He was very successful at it at multiple different uh, companies, too. Yes, and he was 38 mm-hmm. years old when he passed. Yeah, like the lie, cheat, and steal whole Yo, thing. Dude, that coming down it. the lowrider and shit. It was, it was man, awesome. And then it. finally getting to win the big one. And yes. then, you know, unfortunately, yes. passing away shortly after that. That's why I threw Tito Santana in there, because, you know, he's just so unknown. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Tito. Yeah, one move. Come hey, on. Tito's going to come back up, and you guys, this is going to blow your mind later on. I'm just going to say that now. <laughs> I said, I, I your bet mind. your Mike's got Eddie Guerrero, but just in case we don't, I got Eddie Guerrero. I got to have him. You know, he. you mentioned when he beat Brock Lesnar for the title mm-hmm. and how big of a moment it was, and it was a huge moment. Yes. And uh, a couple weeks prior to that match, there was a promo on a SmackDown that Brock Lesnar and him did. And Brock was in the ring, and he didn't have Paul Heyman. He was cutting his own promos at right. the time. Um, and Eddie got in the ring, 
and he cut a promo on Brock that had nothing to do with Brock. It was why, and this was like a shoot, it was why Eddie was an addict. He came, he really came to express that he is an addict and he's addicted and he's fought his way back from addiction and he wants that belt because he wants to tell his children he's sorry. He's sorry for what he's done. That belt represents him being sorry for the mistakes he made. And so this man went so deep in this promo and I watched it a couple times because it was so good. Mm -hmm. And, And then I went down to rabbit hole and looked it up. Brock Lesnar walked to the back after Eddie gave that promo, and he cried right in front of him. Wow. Because Brock Lesnar did not know or was not expecting him to just put it all out on the line on the promo. And he managed to take that and put your butt in the seat and watch it happen. Like, it was an awesome promo. Um, But, yeah, he is a legend. He didn't make my top five, but I can see why he'd make yours. Right. Fair <clears throat> enough. Yeah, that's a great pick, man. Philly, what you got? And uh, he's another one I just missed the cut. Damn you. Damn, and it was hard. You got Seamus, don't you? you I, I got the <laughs> I got the Latino Heat shirt on tonight as well. Oh, Wait a minute. You have man. a Latino Heat shirt on. Yeah. And he did outside your top you got, five. You gotta look at Okay, I like I said, I was telling you earlier, I was an Eddie fan like more later in my career, but I'm I'm going whole body, you know what I'm saying? So whole body of wrestling history. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I just I was Eddie fan late, so that's why he kind of okay. he's on the outside looking. Okay. Bobby's gonna be like gorgeous George, <laughs> Finnegus, <laughs> the Sultan. <laughs> but no, number five, I got the Undertaker. The Undertaker. Oh, you know, um, nobody like him, man. Um, it hurt me when he lost to Brock at WrestleMania. Even though now I kind of, you understand. I understand, but I don't want to understand. Still, I get it. you know what I mean. Um, it's just an epic. When you think of wrestling, I feel like the two names people are gonna say is Hulk Hogan and the Undertaker. You know what I mean? Mm. I feel like those those are the two names synonymous with WWF WWE. Um, I remember as a kid watching the Undertaker versus the Undertaker. Um, you know him and Jake the Snake Roberts. Just it's something different. There's something mm-hmm. his whole aura, you know what I mean? It was it, it literally was a phenom. It was it was amazing. Yeah. You know, I don't think there's any other wrestler you can name that can reflect WWE more than the Undertaker over yeah. the over an extended period of time. Because he was just such a constant for so many years. It's like he was Clint Eastwood. He yes. just went out on his own terms. I mean, shit, Clint's still making movies at 93. He's got one coming out, I think, this week. Right. You know, he gets to choose how he wants to end it. Oh, and God. The Undertaker did that. And he managed to get over wrestlers in the process, which is what a great wrestler does. Yeah. Yeah, and you look at some of the matches outside of WrestleMania. He wasn't, you know, he lost a bunch to help get people to where they needed to be. Yeah. You know, but that whole WrestleMania aura was great. And I used to be mad. To. I'm like... What are you gonna not give him the, the title? Mm. You're not gonna let the Undertaker ever win the title. He's on TV right now, you know? right here. Look at this against Kane, and that's just amazing. That's a great pick. That's yeah, and great, I watched uh, you know at 13 with him and Psycho Sid. He main evented WrestleManias. You know what I mean? And then I remember him and Hulk Hogan, that initial feud. 
Because I was a huge Hulkster back then. I was a mm-hmm. huge Hulkamaniac. What man. you gonna do, brother? Yeah, it was crazy. What D- about his... brought him out. Yeah. It was wild. You know? What about his uh, story towards the end? I didn't, you know, his latter years, like, you know, I got this whole, I'll post this picture of all my figures set up, too. I got The Undertaker next to Sting. It's <laughs> yes. something I always wanted to see. <laughs> and we were so close, you know? Um, wish it would have happened. Should have happened. Should have happened. Um, because you got both dark sides. You got WCW's, you know, Dark Knight and WWE's Dark Knight. Yeah. It would have just been great. You know, think about it all the time when I think about wrestling. Taker had a hard time walking away. Yeah. You know, you look at a, you look at, you're right. You look at a grass, uh, wrestler and their greatness, and you got to take into factor so many things. And one of them is the in ring work. And as a big man, you can't touch. The Undertaker. No. When guys would rave about how they knew when he was in, the, they were in the ring with Mark Calloway, they were good as gold. Yeah, because he was one of the best workers in the business has ever seen. You know, he was big on safety. Yeah, you know, big on making sure they look good. They sold tickets, all that stuff. He was just a jack of all trades. And Taker could move. Yeah. yeah. You know, we're gonna talk about best matches ever. Undertaker's on my list. Mm-hmm. On that rope, I mean, he fought like he said. His brain is the one that kept telling him to go. But his body was telling him, you can't do this no more. Yeah. And he fought with that for the last three years. Yeah. Well, and he's like, it took him so long to just get up for that one night. Yeah. And it took so much out of him that it just, you know, I think it just became a detriment at the end. You well, we've I mean? seen it's that. Enough was enough. I'm sure we all seen that, that match with uh, um, Brock Lesnar, how bad and brutal he was beaten. Bad shape. He, he, he was in bad shape. He was in bad shape, and he got concussed, like, yes, in the first yes. five minutes of that match. So that only adds to it. You know yeah. what I mean? So... That's really unfortunate, but I'm about think- to talk Undertaker into my top five because <laughs> you look at you look at aura of the greatest of all time, and here's a a man who protected the gimmick mm. the whole time. That too, I was going to bring that point up too. That's a great point. And they're he having a hard time character. to replace him. They're having a hard time. Yeah. Who's oh, going to yeah. be the next? Darkness. Bray Wyatt. He's gone. And that, and there will never be never. another. Yeah, that's one guy you can't duplicate. I think you had a shot there with Bray Wyatt, you know, and then like they kind of did something like that with Aleister Black, but he's gone now too. Oh, so I, I don't like him. And Aleister never would have been Undertaker. No, don't, that's not what I'm trying to no. say, but I think Bray Wyatt was your best shot, and that's obviously gone. Yeah. Yeah. So Undertaker had the aura, man. He had it. He, he was so fun to just, you know, as we'll talk about entrances later too, but. His his whole appearance, and when you're watching the Undertaker walk to the ring, oh, I don't even want to get ahead of it. But I'm gonna ask you guys a question. He had it. <laughs> Do you think Undertaker could come back for one more match? I mean, I'm sure he could. I don't know how good it would be, but. Do you think it'd be a high level? If it was Sting, I'd love to see it. Still, no, no, uh, no. I, I don't I, think I, it's a great question, and I don't think so. But at the same time, what was the last match that he went out on? With that styles, I say you gotta leave it there. That that was the cinematography and all that. Oh, that was it was great. amazing! It worked. Yes, it worked. And if and if it was that, then I would be okay to see it. I think it'd have to be filmed in a certain way. Again, kind of like a Clint Eastwood type thing. Yeah, yeah. Like a old, I'm an old man and I know it type of thing. <laughs> right. That was just bad though. I, I like him going on top like that. That yeah. that was the it was pretty cool riding off on the motorcycle. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you guys dig the badass character, American Badass? No, or no? hated it. Didn't uh, like it. I actually did. I liked it a lot. Yeah. I, th- I was actually going to reference that a couple minutes ago. Like, remember the DDP stalker? 
gimmick. <laughs> he stalked Sarah. And oh, yeah. They had their match. But no, I thought it was okay. I mean, that's where he got to express his personality a little bit. Yeah. Um, he still had those little hints of the dead man. Mm-hmm. But then when he went back to the dead man, oh. I think it was WrestleMania 20, yeah. he came back as the dead man in that MSG. Was that the one we've seen yeah. them, the monks come out? Was that the one we seen? We were all together. Remember they were bringing, they were coming out. That was before? more. That was newer, I think. Remember they had the torches and stuff. We're like, oh my god, that was sweet. Because the one where he lost to Brock, he had all the graves. Remember? Yeah, oh, no, yeah. it wasn't all, that one. It was, it was all, all the names. That was badass. Yeah, that yeah. was cool too. Mike, before we move on from the Undertaker, can you do your best Paul Bear impression? Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I got. I'm sorry. Oh it's pretty my good. God. Yes, that's very, very good. R.I.P. Paul Bear, man. <laughs> so HBK, Eddie Guerrero, and Taker. That's a good nice, first uh, first round there, gentlemen. Yes, absolutely. All right. Andrew WK, swing it back around, brat. Oh, this is so hard. This is so hard. Um, Number four on my list of the top five greatest. Friends. I'm actually moving them around as we speak. I'm copying and pasting. My order in, and I had a taker on we, there too. Just <laughs> that being said, you did okay. Number four on my list, fellas, is the immortal Hulk Hogan. Amazing, the yeah. immortal Hulk Hogan. I think he deserves a place on the top five greatest wrestlers ever for so many reasons. Um, but he is the he is the Babe Ruth of wrestling over the longest period of time. If it wasn't for Hulk Hogan. We might not be sitting here having this conversation. I agree, hundred percent. I'm with you, and he's uh he's actually on my list too. Damn you, damn you! So we're all in unison on <laughs> yes, that one. Yes, that's awesome. The Hulkster, like you said, he's the babe of, of wrestling, man. He's the first person when you mention wrestling. Period. They're thinking of Hulk Hogan, Hollywood Hogan, just yep. a, a superstar, man. Before, I mean, even in the '80s, dude, phenomenal. Took the world by storm. Yes, absolutely. You know, yep. and then with that whole crossover thing, I was getting back to crossover when I mentioned Vince McMahon earlier about the, like when he had like Cindy Lauper and you know Liberace at WrestleMania and oh, shit, yeah. and then, like Hulk Hogan with Mr. T, dude, it just catapulted him. Even he said faster than he thought. He's like that stardom came so quick, and then yeah. the next thing you know, he's in movies and TV shows. Yeah, with and, Rocky and all that. That was just uh, Thunderlips is here, baby, in the flesh. Yeah. <laughs> Hollywood, did you buy WrestleMania one just to see Liberace? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I didn't think so. Oh my, I didn't even know who he was. I'm like, who's this guy? Billy Martin was the guest uh, ring announcer. Who's Billy Martin? He's the uh, the old manager the of the Yankees. Yankees. Yes. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they love them in New York. New York. <laughs> New York. You throw dirt on your plate. But Hogan yeah. was. I mean, gosh, what what do you say, right? Like, what a career he had. He put the business on his back. And uh, I tell you, I remember the day, like it was yesterday, in 1996. I, I couldn't convince my mom to order Bash at the Beach 1996. Oh, God. And so I had to resort to watching or listening to it on scrambled pay-per-view TV, which I did a lot for WWF pay-per-views. Yeah. And I knew that the third man was going to come out. And I heard the leg drop. And it was Hogan. Oh, he's the third man. It changed wrestling oh, forever. Yes. Oh my God! Ellis. No, you guys could stick it, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the third man? Damn you, Hogan! 
But uh, you talk about like these icons, like Undertaker too. I think he was able to um, change his character a little bit. You know, like uh, you know the dark side, like the real demonic guy to yeah. just the dead man to American badass Hogan too. Going to Hollywood Hogan, that's like man. You know, Superman turned his back on America. You know what I'm saying? Now, let me tell you mm-hmm. with that. I didn't like when he went from Hollywood Hogan and then he went back to the Immortal. Just didn't work for me. The transition from Hogan to Hollywood Hogan was the best. What they should have did was play Real American off the jump, and they didn't even do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna push back on this in my later greatest matches ever conversation yeah <laughs> i think i know the one you're talking about damn you <laughs> but the immortal hulk hogan man so i mean you more of a hollywood or regular hulk hogan guy? i'm more of a hollywood hogan guy um i didn't live the red and yellow hulk hogan as much as the average kid to be honest with you because i got into it a little bit late like right as he was jumping into wcw okay um, but the beauty about Hulk Hogan is that you can look back on his his run and just see how epic it was and yeah. feel it. Like you that can, was so that's so amazing how young you guys are. The thing when you right, say, right. it just starts like I was watching that for a long time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. So Hollywood, which Hogan do you prefer? Oh, it's Hollywood Hogan. I knew it. I loved him. Is the when you he changed say. Oh my God! It was. Amazing. But talk about that, man, for a minute. The whole NWO, oh, like to where they the, took wrestling the uh, to a whole new level. <sighs> the spray paint. Giving up their match to bring back home. Hollywood Hogan, here's the belt. I may have won the but I'm giving it to you. You're the real champ. Mm. When he pushed Kevin Nash down and he fell down. And Hogan went under one, two, three. Ha, 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 ha. Here you go, champ. He represented. You know what I'm saying? I, I just, I love the Hollywood Hogan, the NWO. That was the best gig. It was, they were on top of the world. They oh, changed God. the game. They yes. changed professional wrestling Absolutely. For, forever. I and, mean, you know, I'll still wear that shirt. I, I, NWO to me, part of my life, seeing that. Yeah, it was and awesome. I know. My brother was upset about that. He cried tears. You know, he, Hogan, Hulk Hogan, bad. But it is what it is. The third man. Yeah, it was tough to, to swallow at first. But then once you saw the maturation of the NWO. I never thought, though. I never went, this could be Hogan, the third man. I thought just some, who are they coming up with the outsiders? It's like when, um, I can't compare another heel term besides Steve Austin when he, Joined Vince McMahon at WrestleMania 17 when he beat The Rock. Yeah. That just, that's one of the things that really still pisses me off, too. <laughs> like, that just, I don't know. It never, it never was like what Hulk Hogan did. Cause you asked, right, like, Stone right. Cold has even said, he's like, that's one part of my career I regret. I wish I never would have done that. He's like, I wish right. I would have won the belt because remember, he used to do anything for the belt. Right. He wish he would have stunned Vince McMahon after that. And he said he thought about it. But he's like, I had to stick to the business plan. He could, he could have screwed everything oh, up. Oh, yeah. I like when he got him in the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> that pan. I'll never forget oh, yeah. that pan over McMahon's Dang. head. Dang. Ah. Stone you son of a bitch. Oh, fuck. Oh, I'll have to Amazing. watch that tonight. Amazing, <laughs> man. 
But the Hulkster, uh, dude, that's uh, that's a great God. pick. So, did we all have him on the list? Yeah, I, I, I had him. So that I mean, wow. I'll be putting somebody else on there too. Andrew WK. Andrew you WK. You gotta have Hulk Hogan on the list. I thought you'd have said Seamus. Seamus, damn you! Seamus, damn you! <laughs> the Celtic Warrior. Broke, broke. All right, oh. well, I'm gonna let you start off round three again, my man. Round three. Oh, I lost my notes. Let me see here. Okay, so we're we're in solid round three territory. We're talking the top five wrestlers. Oh, this is where it gets so hard. It gets it's tough. Um, it's between one of two. It's between one of two. All right, I'm just gonna go with it. Top five greatest wrestlers of all time: Bret the Hitman Hart. Wow. At number three. You thief. God, we we're all on the same page. How amazing. It's great. Wait, this is everyone's number three. Wow. Is it real? For I real? got him yeah. at number three right there. I got Hollywood Hogan at number one. Oh. Bret Hart at number three. <laughs> Cut that out. <laughs> That's just amazing. That's amazing. I feel the tease there, Hollywood. <laughs> little tease, little tease. Well, I have lots of thoughts on Bret Hart, but I would, I'd like to hear your thoughts on the man because he is just greatness personified. Yeah, I mean, Bret, Bret Hart, the excellent... Uh, I'm getting tongue twisted. I'm getting a little drunk here, mate. Damn you again. The excellence of execution. execution. The best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Talk about a technician. Like, when you think of football teams that just do all the little things right, that's how Bret Hart was in the ring. Yeah. That's the best way I can... Best analogy I can come up with to describe him. He was just fundamentally sound in every aspect. It probably goes back to the dungeon, the Stu Hart dungeon. The Stu Hart dungeon. Um, Even the girls wrestled. Yeah, yeah. Look at <laughs> everybody that that came out of there was a beast, man. <laughs> Did you see that face on him, girl? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, I became less Bret Hart, pro Bret Hart, as he got older because of the way things kind of his whole transfer to WCW and kind of you know. Became a crybaby in a lot of regards. I didn't like that part. You know, I didn't. I didn't really like that. I started to lose a little respect for that, that aspect. And but it was good to see him come back. But he was way too old at that point. You know what I'm saying? When he had that street fight with, with McMahon at WrestleMania, I guess you know it was kind of cool to see after the screw job. You know, it was a little yeah. bit of closure. But Bret Hart, man, I, you want to talk about in-ring performances? I think he's he's. I could have yeah. put him in all five of my top five matches. I think Bret Hart probably did have that persona because he lived the gimmick. He didn't have a gimmick. He was Bret the Hitman Hart. Yes. He was the greatest, as you said, the greatest technician. He knew he was great. He worked to get to the spot that he was given. Right. And uh, he could, man, he could sell better than I think anybody I've ever seen. I mean, that might be a hot take, but Bret Hart looked like he got ran over by a Mack truck at mm. any move. He could sell so good, and he just meant he never hurt anybody. His 96, 97 years were the greatest. You could put those up with any professional wrestler. Bret Hart in 1996, 1997, up until the screw job. I mean, yeah. it was a phenomenal run. Oh, no doubt. Just from a character perspective, a phenomenal run. Do you think that um, with the screw job, that by his wife going off on Triple H and, and Shawn Michaels, that kind of was like uh, 
get your wife here yelling at you know what I mean? Like like when she came out and, and she started finger pointing at them on there. Like that mm-hmm. just looked bad. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean Well, how fascinating is it that Bret Hart just decided to have a documentary crew follow him around at that period of time and then that happened. Yeah. I mean, you can watch that back right now, that Hitman Heart documentary, and be just as riveted as the first time you saw it. It's the most complex situation in the history of professional wrestling, what happened there. He didn't want yeah. to lose her. And Vince and him talked about it. And I don't not hear Vince. And that's where you And not to Sean. Not yes. in Canada, not to Sean. Yes. I think the accumulation of those aspects is really what kind of made it even worse. You yep. know what I'm saying? But I look at the maturation of Bret Hart from the Hart Foundation. Talk about a great intercontinental champion, tag team champion, Very intercontinental good. champion, and a great WWE champion. Yes. Yeah. He did it all, all Dur- the levels, and, you know, till the end. During the toughest time in the company's history, Bret Hart carried the company. Yes, yeah. he did. Absolutely. I agree with that. Post, you know, steroid era, he was the wholesome champion, Every, the guy everybody could look up to. Mm-hmm. Like, that's my guy. He's legit. You know yeah. what I'm saying? He held that torch. I wanted to put Bret Hart in my personal number one, but the top two in, in my list have to be ahead of Bret Hart. They, yeah. they just have to be. Yeah. But I, I just I think, have a, a soft spot for the hit man. Yeah, he's yeah. great. I, when I did my top three, it was very easy. The, the last two spots were very, very difficult. But, yeah, I could, there's no way Bret Hart was going to be on the outside looking in. My mom even knows that I'm still a Bret Hart fan. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember I, I begged her for the, uh, the Hitman glasses So I never got to see him perform yes. live. But she bought me the glasses. I was so happy. I had them. I had the shirt, the Hitman <laughs> shirt. And um, I put him up there with Hogan. I fought back and forth, you know. But I said, well, you know, Hogan's like the bigger brother, mm. you know, than, than Hart. But he was just, like you said, intercontinental tag team. He, he did it all. Yeah. You know, but like I said, he, as time went on and they needed him to turn with the time, he just, he wouldn't. He had trouble turning over. Yes. Changing, you know, sometimes that does happen too. Yes. When it's time to change and evolve, some people have a real hard time with that. But look what happened to him from a character standpoint by evolving. He became a heel in America and a baby face in Canada. That led to just the hottest run. In that time period when Bret Hart was trying to turn, I mean, we don't even need to talk about Bret Hart and Stone Cold, which is, we will later, but it was epic. But Bret Hart was making that character into someone that you truly hated. Right, yeah. right. You hated this guy. Yeah. You know, and it was fun to watch. Um, he, and while he was still churning out great matches, he was still arguably at, at the prime of his career. Money was a big part of what happened to him in 97. Eric Bischoff said, what's it going to take? What's it going to take to get you here? That was sweet. And Vince McMahon said, hey, I gave you a 20-year contract last year, but I can't afford to pay you. Mm. You know, just we could do a whole separate top podcast on just that year for Bret Hart. Yeah. yeah. Big facts, man. And we would do the sharpshooter to each other in the backyard, and it, it, it hurts. It's a legit submission move. Oh, God. Yeah. That is unbelievable, man. I used to love putting my brothers in that sharpshooter. Oh, yeah. Brothers got a hug. The sharpshooter hurts, brother. You sit down on that back. Oh, ain't no doubt. You know what it said? He had that stroke, and his hand went kind of like this. You know what I mean? Mm. So he 
keeps that hand in that pocket, you know, kind of like Arn Anderson had. That was sad, but uh, yeah, you know, he kind of bought in when he went over there with Bischoff. Yeah, you know yeah, when he's he like did. Goldberg, and he pulled up his shirt and he had that that metal plate across his stomach, and he took out Goldberg. <laughs> yeah, that was that was sweet, and they all, you know, he had the title and everything. Well, and that was another part too. It's like okay, after WWE, he evolved as a heel in WCW, so yeah. that, it was kind of cool. Yes, yes. Some of the shit that went on, you just kind of right. didn't really appreciate it. And it was short-lived, you know? though. Yeah. It's you know a shame. What I'm yes. Yeah. It sure. could have been so much more. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, they didn't know what to do with them. They didn't know what they had. Yeah. yeah. I think you'd say the same thing. Right, right. You know? And I think uh, I think there was something I watched, too, where he said, you know, if that could have been done differently, you know, he would have just stayed. You know what yep. I mean? I think if he could do it over again, he would have stayed home, too. Yeah. All right, well, go ahead, Andrew. I'm sure you're going to steal some more thunder here. Number three was just universal. That's pretty yes. cool. Yeah. Uh, greatest of all time. All right, so this is just a tough one. Um, I can go back and forth. I'm going to say the Nature Boy Ric Flair. Wow. My number two wrestler of all time. Woo! Talk about a guy that lived, slept, breathed the game. And his character. He lived to his character. Ric Flair was Ric Flair. Ric Flair. Yeah. He was. He was every day. Uh, and it, look, this could be the number one. It is for probably a majority of people. It was for me until I got here. <laughs> I had to change my mind. <laughs> I had to change my mind. But uh, yeah, Ric Flair, man, Nate, I mean, he's an icon. Yes. He's an icon in every sense of the word. And... Uh, he just had the the total package. You probably Hollywood was were blessed to watch Ric Flair. Oh, there's no doubt more was, than we were. Oh, God, I loved him. I loved Flair. Flair was dynamic. Just took it to another level. I mean, he just was. You know, sit down, fat boy. Why take your wife home tonight? <laughs> I'm taking her to Space Mountain. You know, just stuff like that. One liner. Look at these gators I got on right here. You know. The quartz watch. I love it. I spilled more money sp- on spilt liquor. You know. Uh, yeah, Flair was, he was the man. You know. Sit down, fat boy. That was my favorite Flair one-liner. Oh, yeah. You like when he goes, tell him, women, easy down now. We go, whoo, 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 all night long. <laughs> With the nature boy, Rick Flair. <laughs> He'd be like, Magnum TA, <laughs> Tully Blanchard, <laughs> Dusty Rhodes, Tony Schiavone. <laughs> oh, God. I loved how when uh, he'd take a bump. And then he'd oversell it, walk or do, oh, do, yeah. boom, just land right on his face. The best. Dude. He'd walk that rope. Yeah. yeah, Flair would get to the top rope and he almost never did a move off the top rope. Right, right, right. He'd get thrown off of it. <laughs> you know, Flair was famous for. Getting stuff thrown in the ring and putting it in his shorts, getting the brass knuckles and all that. Oh yeah, yeah. He was known for he was the dirtiest player in the game, yep. and that's what he did. When he turned around, he pulled them shit out and, and jack you. But he also had that one where he was coming up between the crotch too. Right, right. With the back foot or with the arm, and he's been in so many great matches, so many. The list just goes on and oh, on. Oh yeah, yep. You know, um. So that's just a great pick. Um, Ric Flair, he will, it's just sad now when you see him as he was just released, but he started getting in some of these gimmicks back there with these, and it was just getting too far-fetched. 
It's like, Rick, just walk away now. Well, I think that's the beauty of Rick. Fl- not even the beauty. It's just like the interest of Rick Flair's career. Like if you watch his 30 for 30, here's a guy who has failed over and over and oh, over yeah. in his life. Yeah, yeah. For as successful as he is, like you look at, you know, the home life and how he's failed as a father in a lot of regards. You know what I mean? But he, he put it all on the line. And it's like, I, it's, it's. He lived the gimmick. He lived it. It's the best way I can describe it. It's like you. I don't want to compliment him because it's like, uh, you know what I mean? But he he bought in. And there's, right. I don't yeah. think anybody else has done that more. I wonder, okay, what I'm going to tell you guys, maybe you guys know this, or maybe you don't. Ric Flair sat down and was talking one-on-one with this wrestling, uh, this girl she was talking. And he said, I have to thank everything to Vince McMahon. He saved my life. He says, I know people don't like him. He's an arrogant this and that. I was down and out. I lost everything in my life. I went to Vince McMahon and said, Vince, I don't know if I'm going to be able to wrestle. He said, Rick, what's the problem? I need $800,000, man. Wow. He said, and you know what that, and he started crying. Vince looked at me. Write the check. He said, that man, and I gave him that money back. That man saved me, and I'm thankful to Vince McMahon. He goes, I was, I was in trouble. How about that? $800,000 Vince McMahon gave him, and he paid him back in full. He said, I was done. Wow. He, he lived that, that life, mm-hmm. jet flying, all that stuff. He said, and I was at the bottom of the barrel, man. And he was crying. He said, that Vince McMahon, thanks to him, is why... My career, towards the end, he saved me. Oh, there was Ric Flair the wrestler, and there was Richard Flair the man. Yes. And they were two different, distinctly different people as a father, as a professional, you know. But he had a fascinating career, and gosh, I mean, he would just go 60 minutes with... It's like he would tell you a story, and you're going to believe him. Mm-hmm. He goes 60 minutes, 190 nights a year or whatever you want to say. You believe this guy because Rick was the man. Yes. He'd come to the territory with the belt. He'd put the shine on whoever the local baby face was, and he'd get out and he'd come back in another 18 months and mm-hmm. do it all over again. That's so mm-hmm. true. And one of his wife said that. She said, what you've seen out there was Rick at home. He had the women, and I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't hang around. Mm-hmm. And she said that he lived everything, what he said, and how he, that was Rick, how he was at home. That was one of the best 30 for 30s, period, yes, I think. absolutely. Period. Man. There's a lot of good ones out there, <clears throat> but the Ric Flair story is amazing. Pull that up, man, and watch that, and you see that grown man cry about Vincent man giving him that money. It, it, it'll put tears in your eyes. Mm. You just didn't see that part of Ric Flair. You're like, wow, you're the man, dude, and you're actually crying like a baby. You know, my wife doesn't, uh, she never knew anything about wrestling until she met me. And I quickly schooled her to everything that's important about wrestling. Mm. And one of the most important things are the Ric Flair chops. Yes. And uh, (laughs) we, to this day, will be driving in the car. And out of nowhere, my wife will give me a chop while I'm driving. Nice. That's a classic. The rule is, every time a chop happens, I got to (laughs) woo. And she chops me when she knows I'm feeling like shit or when I'm feeling good. 
Like, it's just a way to reset. That's awesome. Love it. Take her on that space mountain. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Love that, man. Styling and profiling. Do you remember when Ric Flair came out and he hadn't been in WWE in years and Vince McMahon was talking about how, like, he had ownership of the company Mm -hmm. and then Ric Flair walks out and everybody's losing their mind and he's like, you talk about a consortium while the consortium was me. We're partners. Yep. <laughs> then he, didn't he introduce uh, Stone Cold as the GM or something like that? I think so. Yeah. Yep, yep. Blue McMahon's mind. Oh, yeah. Vince McMahon's got that look like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then even when, he, when he was with Evolution, man, that was, you know, with Triple H and them. That was sweet, too, you know, with Orton. Yeah, it was different. Yeah. It was different. It was you know, um, quite a mash of stars there. Because he was bad with the Four Horsemen. Yeah. Oh, God. They were... We didn't even mention the Four Horsemen. We've been talking about Ric Flair for how long now? And we just now dropped the Four Horsemen. The Four Horsemen. Oh, that was amazing. Iconic. I mean, Hollywood, you probably got to see him a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. You know. I'm much older. Ole, Arn, Blanchard. Oh. Tully, Oli, and Arn. And then you had, what's his name later on? Um, Dean Malenko. Mm-hmm. Lex Luger. Lex Luger. J.J. Uh, Dillon. Yep. Uh, McMichaels. You know, the oh. four horsemen. Mongo. Mongo. Oh, yep. God, it was great. Do you know Mongo has ALS? I heard that. He has ALS. He's still alive. He's he's not in good shape. God. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. Don't mean bad. to bring down the mood a little bit, yeah, but, no, but I, yeah. I heard that, and I clicked on a video of him and he's still in like he's still steve mongo mcmichael yeah but i liked him yeah he was he was cool man one yeah. of those crossover stars that got himself over yes. yeah absolutely uh, great pick man that's a great pick phenomenal pick this is phenomenal this is phenomenal he's flair's a goat but you guys are gonna kill me no right come on no he didn't make the cut he didn't make the list He's not one of my top five favorites of all, all right, time. All right, Poppy. I'm not releasing my number one because I want to hear your list. <laughs> I am missing something. <laughs> we we had this debate before. I think last time you were at the house, we uh, we had that debate. He didn't make mine either, and that's only because I figured, you know, he may have. You know, you. I said. But I mean, he's in that. Being generous, well, yeah, of course. You know what I'm saying? But he's at the top of a lot of people. Oh, there's no doubt. Yeah, there's no doubt. I don't know. I guess you kind of go on relatability and different things. You know what I mean? I just, I don't know. It's a personal choice. Everybody's got their favorites. Interpretations, brother. All right, Hollywood. Triple H. The game. The game. The cerebral. He's your number. What number two? Yeah, he's in one of them orders there. I mean, because we got like Undertaker, you know, the same, but he's in one of them. He's in my top five. Triple H to me, God, is that guy a workhorse? Man, could he bring it matching with The Rock, Stone Cold, Bret Hart, Sean, uh, Diesel, all these big name guys this guy fought. Unbelievable, man. And the way he comes out, just. Triple H, I totally agree with you uh, as far as legendary status. When you look at Triple H in, I think it was like right after he left DX, that was some great TV. Like Triple H was in his prime when he was wrestling like Mick Foley. Yes. um, 
I probably had Stone Cold. Him and Stone Cold were the tag team. Yes. You remember when he was uh, Hunter Hearst Helms? That's yeah. when I really was catching. I'm like, well, what's he going to do after this? You know what I mean? He could only go so far. But when he got in that DX, man, and oh my God, they were like little kids. It, yeah. it was ridiculous. Yeah, when Shawn Michaels got hurt, Triple H kind of took it over and kept DX going. Oh, God. Through the Attitude Era. Love it, man. And he had some quality matches. I mean, Jim Ross would always use the term, he's a ring general. Yes, absolutely. He was one of my favorite wrestlers, man. Triple H. Love still to this day. I even like what he's doing with the young guys with this uh, NXT. And yep. you see him in there, and he, he's showing these guys, this is how you hit the, the floor and bounce off. This is what it takes to be a wrestler. Yeah. If you're not cut for it, get it out of here. And... Uh, he can come back anytime now, and he always makes a good match. What's your favorite Triple H match? If you had one, I like that Hell in the Cell. I like when he comes out and he's got the King's Crown and everything, and he's got that old. Oh my God, dude! <laughs> I was playing that video today, and it just I'm like, well, we were up. we were here in the basement when uh, he wrestled the Undertaker. Yes, in the it was like the end of an era, and Michaels was the referee. Yes. What a great match that was. Oh, God. He brings it. I mean, like I said, it's never a bad match with him. You know, and just his charisma. Uh, you talk about, I know we're jumping ahead, but you talk about ring entrances. Triple H is just. That's. It's the coolest. Yes, yes, yes. It's the coolest. And like, when he had Motorhead. Oh, God, that was just. Yeah. Time to play the game, Lenny. Time to play the game. Oh, you know someone is about to get smoked. Yes. Pedigreed. Yes. Yeah. I got a I got a funny story about Triple H. So so uh, Mo Money Mike over here, if he remembers his history well, he he knows how much I used to mark out for Triple H back in the day. Bro, I thought you were the game. <laughs> He's a cerebral assassin. It, it was an unhealthy level of fan support for Triple H when I was 15 years old and Mike and I were growing up. Right. Do you remember when Triple H got ripped and cut up when he went up against Scott Steiner, the bodybuilding competition? No. Oh, uh -oh. God. Dude, that's when he got boffed. And they were competing against each other. And Triple H, I mean, he was at the top of his game because his body always changed. He always had that bicep that was... Way cut up here, you know? Mm. And <laughs> he was at the best shape, but ah, that guy's something else, man. He tremendous. Tremendous. I remember when he goes, Ric Flair, go home. And just the way he's doing it with his lips. Go home, Flair. It's like how much gum do you got? Much gum? He's just uh, he, he's the best. I did it because it was best. For, for business, business. <laughs> you can count on Triple H saying this. I think business. I know. That, I oh, think yes. I know what Philly's got on this page. You do, do you? I think I. I think I might know one of those guys. Are we ready for that? I mean, you're not going to tell me way bad, are you? I got one Triple H story before we move on. I have some bad news. <laughs> bad news. <laughs> So my sister, she um, she's here in Michigan now, but for a couple of years she was out in Las Vegas and she cuts hair for a living. She men's barber. She's been right. cut my hair for years. So she cut the hair at this place in Las Vegas called Fino. Fino for men. Really a high end, nice mm -hmm. barber shop. Real nice. 
And uh, she would occasionally get some, you know, some famous people who would come through, you know, relatively famous. So I'm driving with my wife. On, I was on uh, 75, and she calls me, and I answer the phone. She goes, you're never going to guess who's going to come in here in a half an hour. And I said, who? She goes, you're not going to believe this. Triple H is coming in. Wow. And I'm going to cut his hair. Now, my sister went and got her barber's license, which is shaving, you know, beard, working with a straight razor. She had just got her barber's license, and Triple H was the first customer she was actually going to do a beard trim on. Wow. Right? Straight razor. She was nervous as nervous gets. (laughs) Now, I am, like, ready to pull over the vehicle on I-75. I'm so excited. I'm like, can you just tell him I'm a Mark? I had his posters on my wall. <laughs> and she's like, you know, she's just trying to remember everything I want her to tell him <laughs> about you know, how big of a fan I was. And uh, yeah, I guess he walked in and he was, they were there for a pay-per-view. Money in the Bank was in Vegas and she had a 35-minute conversation with Triple H while she cut his hair. Oh, that's pretty awesome, badass. Dude. I remember you telling me this story. That's so cool though. Man. And, the, and the, I said, I need proof that it happened. And she sent me a picture. They took a picture together. Oh, she should keep that in that shot. That's sweet. Dude. I couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. What a great guy on the mic, too. Man, could he he could sell it on that mic. Yeah. In ring, on the yes. mic, in the, the authority role. Yes. I remember I had my game over shirt. I used to like playing Triple H when we were in the backyard. He was just a man, dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Brawls. I mean, he could do it all. He can get a little technical. Um, just another well-rounded superstar. Him and Mankind had a lot of good matches, too. Yeah. I mean, he, another catalyst of that Attitude Era. For yeah, sure. Know. I mean, Stone Cold gets most of the credit, and, you know, deservedly so. I think he was the top seller. Obviously, he's the only one to outsell Hulk Hogan, but um, the game, dude, a staple during that time. Yeah. yeah. You can't forget the game's sledgehammer. Oh. And when he got in the office, the game's shovel. Right. Because he can bury you quick. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Stephanie. Yeah, he killed some careers. There's no doubt. <laughs> no doubt. All right. So, uh. The game. The game. <laughs> the game. We are NXT. <laughs> he loves sounding like a gladiator. Oh, yes. Yes. You, Philly. So, number two. I got The Rock. That's mm, my guy. The People's Champ. The People's Champ. Poontang Pie. All oh the above. <laughs> Finally, The Rock has come back to fives of the week. <laughs> Michael Cole, shut your mouth. <laughs> What's Dude. your name? It doesn't matter what your name is. Yeah. Talk about on the mic, though. Oh this fucking guy was fired, dude. I mean, I probably left... The hardest for the Rock's promos, though. Mm-hmm. Um, you the know, greatest. Vulgar at times, witty. He had it all. You he know, could total even package. Sing. He could even sing. Yeah. Play guitar? And I've never seen it coming from Rocky Maivia to what he'd become. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. God. Even when he went to the Nation of Domination, it was kind of... But you started to see different layers of him. You know what I mean? And then when you get to know his story, I like The Rock. I like Dwayne Johnson as a person. He's I amazing. love his story. Yeah, I mean, I love his will to succeed. Yeah, yes. I mean, from having yeah. having such highs and lows in his life, it's it's very relatable. You know, that's what I mean, great so pick, it's a great man. story that's to a tell. Great pick. You think about like moments in wrestling that you remember, mm. and and his debut was one of those for me as a kid. 
It was Survivor Series 96, and that was one of the pay-per-views that I did convince my mom to buy. And they were really <laughs> plugging him for a couple weeks. And, of course, we know the story. He got booed. He joined the nation. He became the Rock. He became Dwayne. He became a legend. Yeah. But whenever you know, I, I look at the Rock, whether it's his Instagram or his movies, he is always the people's champion oh, yeah. and the WWF version of the Rock. To me, forever. Yeah. It's almost like he was mine before he was everybody else's in the whole <laughs> right. world. Like, none of you, none of right. you followed his career. <laughs> yeah. I saw his first match, okay? Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they get filled in after the fact, after they see him in the movies and stuff. You right. You know what I'm saying? But we got to see him from a nobody to this freaking... What a specimen. Larger-than-life superstar. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Phenomenal. And you know what? You, you look at it like this. The Rock could have never made that turnover to WCW because he would have ruined it. For sure. Because he would have been the man over there and pushed everyone outside, so it wouldn't have been nothing. So he was too big to even go that way, that route. Right. And where he was, it's just rock is the rock. Well, I think at that time, well, rock another one. I think, you know, you put Austin, rock, Triple H, those three guys. It was kind of oh, like God. the three-headed monster that, yes, did, that yes. catalyst that. Yeah, yes. Um. Yeah, I don't think he would have fit over there. But no, at that point, not. I think WCW knew it was the end of the road, and things just down. It was a downward spiral from there. Yes, yeah. yeah. And they were WWF was just taking off. They were man. competing against them three, and it was just you know. Yeah, there was no way. There was no looking back for no. sure. And and the Rock, uh, gosh, man, physically in the ring, I think his career and his work is not as uh, respected as it probably should be against mm-hmm. some of the other greats we're talking about. But when you look at The Rock, he's had some very memorable matches and his athleticism in the ring. This guy throws a punch better than anybody. I mean, you can put him up with probably Bret Hart throws the greatest punch. But The Rock threw a punch that looked like it hurt. He put his whole body into it. He made it look real. You know, and he got uh, like the full wingspan when he's reaching back. Right, right. Yeah, he, yeah. He'd do the yeah. last one where he's spinning out his hand and you know, smack him. <laughs> For sure. No, The Rock was a great in-ring worker. He had some some awesome legendary matches. Unfortunately, he did not make my top five, but he is he's worth it in every oh, respect. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Now, here's one for you. I don't believe Bret Hart ever fought The Rock, did he? I don't think that I ever think, happened. I think as Rocky Maivia, he did. He did. As he, Rocky Maivia? Yeah. He did. Okay. Yeah, actually, funny you mentioned that, because his new Jungle Cruise movie came out, and I saw a blurb the other day that um, someone interviewing him for that movie had asked, it was wearing a Bret Hart shirt. Okay. He was wearing a Hitman shirt, this journalist, and uh, The Rock was with whoever the, his co-star is in that movie, I forget her name, and he stopped her from talking, he goes, hey... The shirt that that guy's wearing is Brett the Hitman Hart, and he helped me out so much in my career when I was coming up. And this actress had no idea who he was or wasn't – she didn't really care. But The Rock took the time to explain to her how important Brett the Hitman Hart was. Yeah, You know yeah, what? They all, there was only one time in her uh, Continental Championship match on Monday Night Raw. Rocky Maivia? Yeah. Yeah, because, see, wow. I, I don't think, honestly, nope. as much as I love him, I don't think Brett could have brought it to The Rock, not at the – Rock that we know now. No. You see what I'm saying? I, so yeah. that's what I figured. We didn't see that one. 
You know what I mean? Well, Brett had such a leg up. He was so yeah. far ahead at yeah. the time the Rock kind of burst on the scene. Yes. Yeah, you know, their their careers run two different trajectories but look at, the at the people time. he fought, man. The Rock? Him, Triple H, Stone Cold, that tree. Oh, my God. Uh, the other. Triple H feud, the Austin feud. Jesus. Just, I mean, so memorable. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, The Rock had a legendary career. And uh, his trilogy with Stone Cold Steve Austin was remarkable. Uh, just an all-around legendary talent, and who may be coming back to the squared circle. The Rock? Yeah. That's what I hear. I would love to see him in Roman Reigns. I agree. He takes him out. There's such a good story there. Like, you don't even, I mean, that's just money in the bank, dude. You know what I mean? Like, you, all you have to do is book it. It sells itself. I mean. But he can't come back full time. That's what are you gonna do? Does he lose to Roman Reigns? He he can do like a Rumble to Mania type deal. Yeah. If Roman's still the champion, or say Cena wins, then maybe Roman gets it back, and then Roman's on his high again. I don't want to see him lose though. I don't want to see. No, Rock Roman's got to go over the Rock. Yeah. 100%. No, can't. That 100%. can't happen. That's that the whole reason happen. he's there. Yeah, he's got to. Roman's the that man. That wouldn't now. hurt you though, dude. That wouldn't hurt you. That... It would hurt, but I understand the business now, <sighs> and I'm I'm actually more and more of a Roman Reigns. Roman. Fan. Needs the Rock. Oh, he does not need the Rock at this point. Roman's the best thing going in WWE. I can't put him above WWE, the Rock, I'm sorry. dude. I'm sorry, I can't. I just can't. No, I'm not saying put him above him, but right now, I mean, who needs the rub? The Rock really needs it. Rock doesn't need to beat Roman. The Rock Reigns. restores order in the family. That will be the gimmick. That will be the story back. for sure. There's a new head of the table. You want to talk about passing the, the new torch? head of the table? No, 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 new passing of the torch. Now it's really getting past the Roman Reigns. Really, yes. Because you remember when Roman Reigns said to Jimmy, and what you call it, who was always number one when we were kids? Now The Rock can turn around and say, Roman, I was always number one to you when we were kids. That would be right. a, a you hell see of a story. I think yes. we just need to all book this shit right yes. now. Right? Yes, Dude, God, that'd be crazy. Can't trust Vince will book it right. I know. He'll fuck it up somehow. Oh, God. That'd be something. He'll bring Goldberg into the mix somehow. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> all right so we on our last one folks yeah i think we are fellas the greatest wrestler ever who is number one make sure it's loud yes damn you damn you nice damn you andrew this is the greatest wrestler of all time total package say no more but it was a tough choice. Yeah. For me, it wasn't, but I get it. You know? You talk about greatness, and we've talked about four wrestlers, varying people. You got Eddie Guerrero. We got, you know, all these different wrestlers who could be in there. But Stone Cold belongs in the top because his star burned the brightest. Right. For the shortest amount of time, he was just like a, a blaze. Yeah. You know? And not only was it fast, but it was the hottest gimmick of all time. It was just a spectacle. It took over. I mean, so short-lived, though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, when you put him up to Ric Flair or Hulk Hogan or, you know, John Cena. This is somebody who in, what, five years? Yeah. Had the greatest run ever. Sold the most. uh, Merchandise. Great matches. Great moments. Yeah, epic moments. Uh, promos that have never been done before. 
you know, you talk about um, the beer truck. You're talking about throwing a belt in a river. Yeah. You know, you talk about all <laughs> yeah. the stuff when he, you know, I I didn't care for his heel turn, but you saw different sides of him. Yeah. You know, he got they got pretty creative. The stuff with Kurt Angle was pretty cool. You know, there were some funny moments. Um, I'll never forget. This kind of goes into the matches or whatever, but one of my favorite moments was seeing him in the Rock go against the NWO on Monday Night Raw. Hey, it's right here on the back of my shirt. Is it? Yeah. That's I've awesome. got a, a red Last Go at the Joe t-shirt for those of you who can't see, which is everyone. <laughs> so, nice. That, that was the only time Stone Cold Steve Austin and, the, and, and Hulk Hogan ever wrestled each other. That's Amazing. crazy. It was that night. That's crazy, man. And I, I'm thankful I got to see it live. And I still wish, it probably makes more sense for The Rock and Hogan to fight, but I wanted that Austin-Hogan match. Yeah, that yeah. broke my heart. Rock you know, and Hollywood. Do you guys know why that didn't happen? I don't know. I don't know either. What was it? I, I don't know. Why I'm Austin and Hogan match. didn't happen? <clears throat> why wasn't it Hogan and Austin? And why did he get demoted to kind of having Scott Hall? You know what I'm saying? Which it sucks to say because Scott Hall was, you know, he's a legend in his own right. Maybe too, that hurt a career that would hurt a legacy. Guys being, yeah, I just, I, there's something to it. And I'm really curious what that story is. Yeah, I'm going to have to dive back in and take because a Because you could let yeah. Rock fight him, but you wouldn't let Stone Cold. You know, when you look back at Stone Cold and Austin 316, I played this the other day randomly. And you listen to his promo and you watch him, and there's this like pregnant pause right before he says, Austin 316 says, I just whooped your ass. And once that left his mouth, like you knew, yeah, <laughs> like he, if this was the beginning of greatness. Oh, yeah. He was so many different people, man, before he, you know what I mean? And talk about your John 316. <laughs> <laughs> you can't, yeah. You sit there with your stack of dimes, you call a neck. <laughs> well, goddamn, kid. <laughs> Give me a damn beer. Yeah, Stone Cold kept, you know, and, and to speak personally about it, man, my, my dad and I used to watch Monday Night Raw and, and Nitro during the Attitude Era. And whenever the glass would break, you know, it would fire my dad up, oh, fire God. me up, all 12 oh, years old, 13 years old. What about the Zamboni, man? Yeah, yeah. God. It, it, just the the moments, man. It's like goosebumps. Even now, you watch them back, and, and I love how it. fun and memorable they are. I still do that time to time. It's it's usually Austin, Rock, and NWO stuff. Those are my go tos. You know, just because they had such iconic in ring moments and promos and stuff. There's always good material to watch. Yeah, if I want to watch wrestling, then it's like Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, you yes. know, Undertaker stuff like that. But uh. Yeah, I mean, coming from stunning Steve Austin and, like, the Hollywood Bond and, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Who would have thought? You know, WCW had no idea what to do with them. I don't think WWF did at the beginning either, but. They definitely didn't. It, uh, it sure worked out. The ringmaster. The ringmaster with Ted DiBiase. There was a clip I was watching recently of, uh, it was Triple H in the ring. It was a SmackDown, Triple H and Linda McMahon. And, uh, and Triple H was trying to get Linda to acknowledge that he was the WWF champion. So Triple H was like, Linda, tell them now. <laughs> Linda goes, no, I will not. 
Triple H goes, I'm not asking you. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> I love the way you talk. And so and so then, you know, she's refusing, <laughs> she's refusing. And then Vince McMahon's music hits. But he had been off TV for like nine months. And Shane McMahon was using his music at the time. And so out walks Vince McMahon. And JR, just the master storyteller, he's like, that's Vince McMahon. Mm. And Vince is pissed because Triple H put his hands on Linda, right? Ooh, jealous man. So Vince goes, listen here, pal. <laughs> JR goes, that's the man's wife. Right. So this whole thing's going back and forth. Vince and Triple H are about to fight in the ring, right? This is like the Attitude Era in three minutes. Right. Vince and Triple H are about to fight. Glass breaks. Crowd goes nuts. Stone Cold comes out and just destroys Triple H. It's just, <laughs> you know, this is that's what it was like. You know, you didn't know what was coming next with Stone Cold Steve right, Austin. Right, right. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. It was just epic in every regard, you know. And, uh, you know, WrestleMania's in Dallas next year, so I'm hoping he'll be there. Jerry Jones. Hey, uh, Steve, I'm going to have you right up here next to me in the press box, and uh, I'm going to sit you right next to Troy. <laughs> and I even might invite uh, Emmett, Michael, and the boys down here. And we're going to have ourselves a good old time. How about them cowboys? <laughs> How about them cowboys? <laughs> so, yeah, he's, uh, he's number one for me, too, Hollywood. We got numero uno. I got one that's... Uh, oh, he's got somebody else. Who could it be? It's tough, but... It's uh, a swerve. Oh, no. Oh, my. What a swerve. Oh, what a swerve. You got to give the guy credit. I mean, you guys that you had rocking them, but Goldberg's has, he went 107 and old, man. And this guy, when he came out, he was just a machine. He had a great run. Yes. But the Goldberg we see now, will he ever be like the Hogan's and all of them? You know, I don't know. But he's. You put Bill Goldberg on your top five all-time list. You can always rely on Hollywood for a curveball. Huge curveball. Yeah, he uh, Goldberg, he changed a lot of format in that wrestling when he came out, man. I mean, he was just like, who's this guy? Like Tyson, who's this guy? And these black skids come out, nobody, bald-headed dude coming out. You know, because he had stolen cold. And he just started spearing everybody, man. It, it got crazy. Spearing the jackhammer. Yeah, that jackhammer was it. nuts, dude. You know, and he hasn't lost. He's went, I mean, to take Hogan out. And at that time, Hogan was at his peak, you know, and, yeah. and he took the whole NW out. It, it was crazy. Like, I was pissed. Do you like Goldberg? Um, I did during that run in that yeah. time frame. Um, but I was never like a, a huge Bill Goldberg fan. Yeah, I, I was neither. But for what he'd done, I, I got to take my hat off to him, man. I watched some of these matches today, and I'm like, this guy was just an animal. He going there'd be eight of them, and he yeah done. took over for the WCW and stood up and took it when they when they was all against them. They did book yep. him as a freaking beast though. Oh back then. God, was, yes. you know, phenomenal. They man. made it pretty much believable that he was unbeatable for the yes, longest time, yes, which yes, is yeah. tough to do. Yes, you know? but he was a tank. I, I got to give him some credit for yeah. that. But top five for me, he wasn't even in my honorable mentions though. I just yeah, he wasn't one of my favorites. Right, right, you know what I'm right. Saying? So and it's again. Your five, totally understand. I would have to put the Hogan, Ric Flair, 
over everybody as far as coming through that era. But I can also see, you know, Stone Cold, Rock, absolutely. Yeah. Even John Cena. Yeah. See, I have. Do you see Heyman do that on the SmackDown? Yeah. Oh, well, oh that dude, awesome. that made me mad. I hate, I hate him, man. I cannot stand him. But he's, oh, he, you want to talk about managers? He's up there. He's one of the goats. That's Paul right. Heyman. The way okay. he looks at Roman Reigns, dude, it's ridiculous. Oh, he loves him some Roman oh, Reigns. Oh, God, he does. So, who's that in is. your honorable mentions? This is an interesting quick aside I think we should talk about because this is a hard yeah. exercise. It is, yeah. You know, in his process of elimination. So, I had Eddie Guerrero, was six. I had, uh, nice. Not in no particular order. I had John Cena, Triple H, and Shawn Michaels. Mm. I think, you know, John Cena is like the new age Hulk Hogan, like a lot of the kids. Yeah, I would say. Not a great in-ring wrestler. I think he's improved over time, but, you know, big matches. John showed up, man. He would put on some great matches um, when when the spotlight was on. Yeah. Um, I remember that match with HBK. It was on Monday Night Raw. I think it was for the belt, even. It's a great match. Oh, yeah. Um, that was better than their WrestleMania 23 match. Oh, was 100%. the one they did on Raw. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, like HBK was up there. The game was up there just because his body work, like you were saying. So you um, had Triple H in your top five? No, no, no. My top five, just to recap, was Stone Cold, The Rock, Bret Hart, Hulk Hogan, The Undertaker. Okay, yeah. Honorables, Eddie Guerrero, John Cena, Triple H, HBK. Yeah, I mixed mine around. I mean, because there's still a lot of good guys that haven't been mentioned yet. Yeah, and I think if we were going, like, to 10, like, I'd have to put Ric Flair in there, too. You know who I'd put in in my honorable mentions? And he almost made my top five. I, Mike, I actually texted you a couple days ago, and I said, this is going to be a swerve in my top five greatest. And I took this swerve out. Chris Jericho. That's, I, I thought for sure he was going to be in your list. Damn you, the list. He, he didn't make my list. But, man, he, Chris Jericho was great. Great, Just the fact that he put his career together and now, even now, is he's changed the wrestling business. I just admire what he's done in his body works. So he's with much. the inner circle. Yeah. All right, any honorables? Ultimate Warrior. The Warrior. Ain't Randy no... Macho Man Savage. Yeah. I will come down from the heavens. And how about this one? Hot Rod, there he is, Rowdy Piper. Rowdy Piper? Yes. Icons. God, dude. Hot Rod. You didn't put the macho man in your five. <laughs> Step into a Slim Jim. Yeah. That's really good. I couldn't put him with Hogan. <laughs> I never trusted you, Hogan. You wanted Elizabeth. They said he was, Elizabeth. Now, he was another one who was like his character. He lived the gimmick, the match. He... Dude, he, they said how he was, Hogan said it, he had this resort out there where he stayed away, and Elizabeth came out there. She said, I got to stay here. And he said, does, does the macho man know where you're at? And she's like, no, I don't want him to know where I'm at. He's freaking out. He found her, and he blamed Hogan. Why didn't you tell me my wife was here? He's like, dude, I didn't even know I was coming back from something. She's with the wife hanging out by the pool. I didn't know she was staying. He's what? like, you're lying to me. You're lying to me. She said he put cameras when he was with that one girl on um, a WCW, that other blonde after that all happened with her, that he had cameras in this woman's house following wherever she was going, and he was even like that with Elizabeth. 
he couldn't stand nobody talking to him or nothing. Mm. That he was that guy, Savage was. Yeah. Mm. Yep. One half of the mega powers. That's how the yes. mega powers broke up. They're just like, fighting them over women. It's uh this this list was a little easier to put together. Um top five matches. So uh let's just do a no particular order. Sure. Is that all right? Absolutely. Because this is interchangeable. Um Bret Hart versus Stone Cold at WrestleMania thirteen. It was it was a classic match, and I put it on last night. I took a I just put a couple things down, just really watched it for maybe the eighth or ninth time. I would say, mm-hmm. I've seen it a bunch of times, but one of the most memorable and pivotal matches ever, the double turn. Stone Cold was made as a babyface that night, and Bret Hart was made as a heel after how many years of carrying the company, like we were just talking about. Yeah. You know, in one night, it flipped in the most epic, beautiful way. They told a story in the ring that was just, to this day, it, it holds up. When you, when you look at ring psychology, Bret Hart was a master. Like, Bret Hart could tell the story and paint the picture through the moves that he did. Is that when he, had, when he passed out and he was bleeding? Yeah. Yes. And then, yeah. yeah, okay. So I was just taking some some match notes here. Like the crowd was red hot, and Brett was so smooth in the ring. He made it look real. Uh, Austin at the beginning he took a beating by Bret Hart. So just came out and made Austin look like the baby face just by getting smashed right, for the first right. couple minutes. Um, and then Austin made his comeback, and you could see this double turn happening in real time. Austin was getting cheered on the comeback. Bret Hart was getting booed by smashing him down. It was just fun to watch. And then, uh, and then Bret, and it didn't really show it very well, but on the outside they were brawling, and Bret opened up Stone Cold. And unbeknownst to Vince McMahon at the time, the blood was not supposed to happen at all. Mm. Right? Wow. Wasn't supposed to happen. They thought that it happened the hard way, like for real. But Bret knew that the blood was going to add that additional element to wow. get Stone Cold over, and, uh, and he, he bladed him. He gave him the gig. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So, That's so amazing. Amazing. And Brett Austin bled like a stuck pig. Yes. Yeah. Right? But uh, put him in the sharpshooter. You know, there was a couple back and forths, but once Brett put him in the sharpshooter, that iconic moment of Austin doing the push-up in the sharpshooter and blood's just coming out of his head and... He passed out. He never gave up. Yes. He I, never gave up. I took a picture of that shot today because I was going to post it on some social media when we're done. So <laughs> That's sweet. That's, that that's one sweet. of my favorites, too, sweet. man. It's awesome. <laughs> that was sweet. The, but the heel turn came when Brett started whooping him after, after the match was over. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's when he got booed, and then they were chanting Austin on Austin's way out. Yep. So and Then you had Ken Shamrock there. Gave right. him a suplex and, yeah. you know. Wow, Ken got himself city. over. <laughs> but yeah, man, that was that was a great one. Um, now I got a, I got a curveball here. Going back to we were talking about John Cena a little bit. Um, John Cena and CM Punk from Money in the Bank. I like it. Did that make your list? It almost did. It was one of those ones where I'm like, man, that was a great match. The crowd was so crazy in Chicago. And then with Punk walking out with the belt, those guys uh, worked a great match. God, I, I just don't like CM Punk. Never did. And 
But that there was even CM Punk to this day says John Cena and him had great chemistry. They worked really well together. Um, and he and it would you wouldn't think it because it looked like they hated each other. Yes, you know because yes, yes. it's like the poster boy, mm-hmm. you know, and the anti poster boy basically. But they worked really well, and that match was was really dope. Yeah, yeah, that one was so cool for all the reasons that you mentioned. But uh, it it felt real. When I was picking these matches, I tried to pick them because of how they, how they almost like represented reality, and that was one of them. Because mm. CM Punk's contract was coming due, he's like, "I'm out of here," and then it was in Chicago in his hometown. Plays is nuts, right? Right. It, it felt real, like that fourth wall of the TV screen got broken down a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. Um, now this did this one make your list? Because this is number. Let's be real. This is one of the best matches of all time. The Rock and Hulk Hogan. No. No. Man. That, that, that is a very good match. Very good match. You know why? Because I was pissed that it wasn't Austin in that match. <laughs> <laughs> Damn you, Rock. Why'd you have to beat Hollywood Hogan? But that was good. Was, that was the one in Toronto, right? That was in Toronto. You were at that one. Do you remember the story? Um, parts of it. I remember parts of it too. A little <laughs> shady. Hollywood. I had tickets to WrestleMania 18, and at the time we were doing backyard wrestling, and I can't remember this part of the story, but like somehow, I went with I, I Alex and I, our buddy Alex and I went. Mike, you remember the story? <laughs> <laughs> you were supposed to think- go with them, weren't you? Yeah, yeah well, I think I think, so. I think Mike is still pretty salty on it to this day. That's when he lived over at the other place, correct? Yeah, we yeah, yep. Okay, I remember. What happened? Call it out. We're still boys, no matter what. <laughs> uh, I don't know. That was, that was your bestie at the time. I don't know what happened there. I, he chose he chose his boy Al over me, but it was okay. Fucking bullshit! If I could turn back time. <laughs> <laughs> I could turn back time. <laughs> yeah, I was pretty salty for a while. Me and Mike had some rivalries over professional wrestling. <laughs> yeah, professional wrestling, w. backyard wrestling. Yeah. Nice. That shit was a lot of fun back in the day too. We weathered the storm. Yeah. Did you ever do made the, it out? Did you ever do the fluorescent light bulbs? Oh, did we ever? Did we do the fluorescent light bulbs? Oh, maybe that was the one where um we did like this whole pay per view set up, and you were late. You were supposed to be there, but you were on a family trip. You had to come late, and uh, I was facing my buddy Al in like a hardcore match, and I told my buddy Rick, I was like, "Dude, I'm gonna do this to him. He's not gonna know it's coming." So I took that thing out, man, and smashed it over the back of his head. He was just he just had that dumb look on his face, like, "Oh." <laughs> Like, what the hell does that happen? We're, we're laughing. I'm trying to, like, we're, we're filming it, too, you know, so I'm trying to hold back. There was, like, a shock and all. Shock and all. Shock and all. <laughs> There's video of it somewhere. I got to find nice. it, man. It exists. It yeah. exists. So that go ahead, need to come uh, back. round out your top five matches. Top five. So the other couple I had was The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin. 17. 17. Just a, just a powerhouse of a match it was really intense yeah good uh great story that was told and i didn't care for the heel turn obviously but same you know and austin said the same things like again if he could do it all over again he would have gave vince a stunner 
but yeah, because you, know, you kind of go to expect that he'd do whatever it takes to get the championship. Mm-hmm. But for him to sell out and go with it, make make. McMahon, it was just like, ah, come on, man. Stone Cold was still Stone Cold at the time. Yeah. He was still over. He was still hot. You know, it was, it was a great rivalry. But, hey, they wanted to go in a certain direction. And the match was still great. A lot of false finishes. And the crowd was super into it. There was blood everywhere. Mm-hmm. Right. It was like peak attitude era. In fact, I think that WrestleMania was probably the best one of all time. But, yeah, 17 was good. And then the all-time greatest match, fellas, in my opinion... Is Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker, WrestleMania 25. Wow, very good one. The best story ever told. I had that down too. Yeah, so did I. So all three of us have that one. Nice. 25 was the best one out of all of them. I think Jr. did a great job commenting commentating on that match too. He just he brought it to life even more. It's a great match, period. But yes, it was just a spectacle. I just thought it was great. Yeah. Let me ask you about announcing. Like, what is your thoughts on announcing, telling the story? Michael Cole just bothers me. I, I don't like the guy. Really? See, I, I beg to differ. I think Michael Cole is really good at what he does. I like, what's his name, um, with the tattoos? Graves. Love Graves. I like him. Michael, Michael Cole's like the voice, you know? I, I don't, there's, there's been nobody that can duplicate what he does. You know what I mean? He's no JR. And no. JR and King together, they were that was like the Madden Summerall. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, there's I, I like Graves and Cole together. I even like Graves or uh Michael Cole and Pat McAfee, but McAfee's a little too uh he gets a little too excited at times. You know, I'm, he's still growing on me. And he's I lo- a natural. I, I love Pat yeah. McAfee. I yep. do. Love his show, love love him, all that stuff. But he's you know, I'm still getting used to him and WWE, I guess. Yeah. Never been a Cole fan. I haven't either. I really haven't. I just, the way that he tells a story, it seems so produced and like Vince McMahon's just in his ear, just like, say this, damn it. Corporate stooge. <laughs> yeah. 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 But that, you know, that's me personally. The The action in the ring ultimately gets it over, but. I don't think I don't think Cole holds a candle to good old Jr. I do like he brings excitement though. When something big happens, he will lose his shit. You know what I mean? So I I don't know. I kind of dig that. Brings some enthusiasm to the show. Yeah. I don't know. Each his own. I mean, yeah. hey, that's what we're here for, right? So a good five. Go ahead and do a quick recap for us. So quick five. We had. We had Austin and Brett. We had John Cena, CM Punk. We had Rock and Hogan. Did we talk about Rock Hogan? Yeah, we did. Mm-hmm. Rock and Austin and Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker. Very nice. That's a solid nice. list. In my nice. life, the best prostitute. Does this come with the pussy magnet? <laughs> Her vagine look like sleeve of wizard. <laughs> <laughs> my boy, Asmat. All right, Hollywood. I got a great match. And this is Mankind versus The Undertaker in that steel cage. King of the Ring. Hell in the Cell. Yeah. It was Hell in the Cell, King of the Ring. Yeah. When he threw him through that damn ring and that tooth went through his lip. Yeah. Man, that was amazing. That was. Good God Almighty. And then when you had the one where he was outside and he jumped off the top of the ring, yeah, I thought he broke his back. 
One of the greatest bumps of all time. Oh, God. That was a good one. Um, Mick Foley makes a living off of talking about that night. Yeah. Yeah, he, he that guy, he's, he's not right. <laughs> he, uh, I mean, he's got a partial ear gone. It happened in Japan uh, when he used to fight in that Bob Wire's Cactus Jack. Yeah. And glass and, oh, my God. Fire, he'd been lit on fire. I don't, yeah, I mean, he was, wasn't right before he came to WWE. Right. But even, like, after taking those chair shots from The Rock. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. When he hit him 16 times? Yeah, he's only supposed to hit him, like, four, he said. Yeah, and he goes, he, he, the crowd kept getting into it, so he kept yeah. beating him with it. Yes, God, what a character, though. Dude Love. Dude Love. Cactus Jack. Mankind. We have to do the top five. Sounds. The best one was Ryback. What about the dude love sound? Oh man. Hey, hey, hey. Oh. Oh. Here we go again. It's coming unraveled. Round two. Round two. Uh, oh yes! Monday Love Night it. Raw, The Rock versus Triple H. Whoa, did, that is way out of the field. Beat the shit out of each other. Now was this the ladder match? They did no, the ladder the, match. No, this was uh, no, this wasn't the ladder match. Um, but man, they that that was a good ass match. I don't, man. I don't recall it. Do you? No, Monday I Night don't. Raw. I don't recall. Yeah, it. I know they would do like big time matches from time to time yep. on Raw. So yeah. Um. I watched that earlier today. That was that was a good one. What made it so good? Because I I don't recall the match. They back and forth moves they did on each other. The pedigree and, and um, you know, Rock doing his move and everything like that. It just it was it was a long match. It was the Rock in the Nation, or was he no, like full no, fledged no, baby no, face? He was, he was the Rock, yeah, against Triple H. Yeah, yeah. I think he actually, I think he had the the black on. Pull it up, Mike. You see it. It's got in the corner. I think it says uh, uh, Raw Wars or whatever. Raw is War? Yeah. Oh, back in that time. Okay. Yeah. So that was what, early 2000? Probably 2004, maybe? Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. Huh, I do not remember this yeah. match. All right. What else you got, Hollywood? I got. Um, I got when Goldberg took out Hogan. For the title against all them guys, and he came in there and beat him. You love you some Goldberg. Don't oh, you do. dude, just the atmosphere. Yeah, when he came out there and all of his cronies, you know what I mean. And he's like, I got my back covered, Goldberg, <laughs> and he just didn't give a shit. He come down and he just he jackhammered him, man. And he's like, Oh, he's got he's got WCW Goldberg. He's took <laughs> WCW back. Can we you take know? a moment and just take a look at Sable on the TV right now for WrestleMania 15? My goodness. God, God, good God Almighty. Good God champion. Good God She's a fox, man. Man, oh, man. Brock Lesnar. Sable Lesnar. <laughs> um, the Beast Incarnate. Tan it up. <laughs> Another good match was Sting. When, when they had the NWO took over and, and had the whole thing taken, and, and Sting was the only 
guy to save WCW. Oh yeah, with Luger and all of them, and he came great. and took them all out. That's right. And it oh stay, he's, he's, he's he represents WCW. What, uh, what pay per view was that? I want to say that was Starcade. Yeah, yeah. Starcade, nineteen ninety seven. Yeah, is that when yeah. he was up in the rafters? Yeah, he kept a little boy. Yeah, remember finally... the little boy was saying okay. the thing? Yeah, yeah. It was like, yeah, it was sweet. Yeah. Wow, he was badass. That I want to go back to Hogan and Goldberg. Are you talking about when Hogan dropped the title to Goldberg? Yes. You know, that match was just given away on Monday Nitro for free at the top of the Monday Night Wars. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you. It was so exciting to watch. I, I actually watched that match but recently. But I was just pissed. It was, great, it was but... like, come on, Hogan. You know what I mean? And it became to where he was losing. He couldn't beat the Goldberg. Yeah. Just like with The Rock. When he lost, it's like, okay, here's your moment. You're going against this young guy. you got to beat him. You're the man. You're Hogan. Hollywood Hogan. If I'm not mistaken, wasn't that when they put the belt on Foley to kind of counter that? I think so. That was like the same week. And because Raw was taped, I think that's why Nitro decided to do that. But they threw a twist in there. Yes. And it actually worked out for WWF. Yeah. That'll put asses in the seats. Yeah, right, right. That's yeah. when they were hot and going back and forth. That was amazing. <laughs> yep. That was a good time. But WCW lost a lot of money by putting that on free TV. I mean, they could have put that on Starcade or whatever you call it and mm-hmm. probably could have made gate revenue oh. out the wazoo, pay-per-view revenue out the wazoo. I was like this, man. Yeah. <laughs> back and forth. I mean, that, that's... Yeah. I loved it. It was a great time to be alive. Never forget it. There was another good match. Which I, I, you know, my dog to, agrees. Hate yeah, to bring his definitely. name up. Scott Hall and Chris Benoit. These are your greatest matches of all time. These guys are just. Oh man, yeah. He's a WCW guy though. I, 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 I liked. You know, I didn't want to bring uh, Benoit because they, they try to. Oh, it's like oh. El Dandy versus Hooventude Guerrera, March seventh, nineteen ninety eight. But yeah, that, I mean that was just outstanding match, man. Them two. Uh, I mean, there's tons more. You had the uh, oh, there's a lot more. You remember the one with uh, the evil uh, Legion of, of something with them. <laughs> With uh, <laughs> Ahmed Johnson and the no. Legion of Doom. No, I remember the guy. They, they said the uh, Godwins. Um, Benoit's wife, Sullivan. Remember when Sullivan oh, and all them attacked yeah. Hogan? Remember they did that? And they had the, 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 uh, the giant came out like that and they had all them evil bastards. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember it. Yeah, that's when they attacked Hogan. That's when they made Hogan go bad. Oh, shit. Because okay. they were beating the shit out of him. He was coming out there like, what's going on? And the Shockmaster yeah. came out. <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah, he was evil, man. But yeah, that's mine. Okay. Well, hey, it's open for interpretation, Hollywood. Yeah. So I know because I knew I couldn't. If I put down someone, they were gonna get picked up. You know what I mean? Well, like we all we got... had we had similar tastes. Yeah, yes. that's why I put like some honorable mentions here. Yeah, mm. but I had my first one actually was Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels in the Iron Man match. Mm. Oh, that yeah, was an hour yeah. of just great wrestling. Yes. Did you think that was a great match? I enjoyed it. I, you know, because it was I, at the time was like two of my favorites going yeah. at it. You know, um, maybe looking back, I'd probably maybe critique it because I watched it a couple times. But yeah. it's, it's hard to watch an hour match all the time. Yeah, that's that's for me. It was too. But long. at the time, yeah. it, it hadn't been done at least like in that fashion, right? To where it's you know, 
an Iron Man match and the, the big entrance, you know what I mean, with HBK and the stuff. It was just, uh, yeah, I really a, enjoyed it. It was a moment. Yeah. I, I think I agree with you. I think you probably could be armchair quarterback on that match, mm-hmm. and it would have been cool to see a couple more falls yeah. in the match. Like, no doubt that it was a technical wrestling masterpiece. Right, right. Right? And the, and the finish was phenomenal. Yeah. Right? Like, he hits a super kick. Yeah. Rolls him up. Gets the moment. The boyhood dream has yeah, come true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of cool. Then I had um, Hart Austin. I had Rock Austin, the same one you had. And then I had uh, HBK and Undertaker at 25. But this one was actually the first pay-per-view match I've ever seen. And it was Survivor Series 1990. And I fell in love with it. <clears throat> fell in love with Survivor Series, period. Yeah. Was it was cool. Hogan Warrior, your boy Tito Santana. Oh, you son of a bitch. Versus Hercules, Paul Roma, Rick oh Martel, the Warlord, and Ted DiBiase on a three-on-five match. God, I remember I want that. a full match breakdown. Dude, Martel. <laughs> it's been a long time, but. <laughs> Rick Martel. They go over on, the, you know, it's five guys. So, right, they're stacking the deck. And I was just, like, sitting there, like, eyes big as hell watching this, you know? And I'm like. This is freaking phenomenal, man. And I'm just a young boy. I think it was five at the time, you know? Just great, man. I don't know. And I uh, I used to go to Movie Mania back in the day. Oh, yeah. I'd rewatch them and re-rent them. You yeah. Know what I'm <laughs> oh, Movie Mania. I'd, rent, I'd make sure I watch all the Summer Slams, all the Survivor Series, all the WrestleManias and Royal Rumbles just to get caught up for the next year. You know, I'm ready to go. Yeah. Movie Mania, man, thinking about it in retrospect, they did a great freaking job of keeping their wrestling tapes Oh, yeah. Stocked. 13 and Hopper, I did a great man. job of supporting that business. Yeah. 13 and Hopper. <laughs> I was a loyal customer for a long time. <laughs> and they would have, like, the, the European stuff that, like, you didn't see on Monday Night Raw, like... You know, one night only or some random VHS only. There's one time I actually walked in the back room and it said Hollywood does Roseville. Damn you. (laughs) Damn you. Damn you. Volume eight. Damn you. (laughs) Collector set 25 editions. Uh, oh man, the tape got worn out on that one. <laughs> a lot of late fees on that one. There's no longer a barcode. Right. <laughs> hey yo, uh, one honorable mention though was the Austin Triple H Three Stages of Hell. That, Great oh, choice. Nice. Just a freaking slugfest, dude. I mean, talk about a brawl, brawl like that. That was it. That was it. Great right. choice. And it was a uh, No Way Out, right? No Way Out, two thousand and one. That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. That was, yeah. I went back and actually watched it the other night. It was fucking badass. Triple H in his prime. Austin in his prime, too. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and the the finish was cool. He hits him with the sledgehammer, and he just falls on him. Yeah. They hit hit each other simultaneously, and Triple H falls on top. It was just awesome. That's it. All right, so we're moving on. Entrance themes. Could be entrances. Could we do this in order, Mike? Because yeah. I have a very strong feeling that we all have the right number one pick for this. Okay. I might be wrong, but I don't think I am. Who has the greatest entrance, oh, ring entrance of all time? That might be hard. I think this do. is very easy. I think it's Undertaker. It is the Undertaker. In I mean, yeah, it's peace. seldom duplicated. Who else is... I'm trying to think. Yeah, like, I, I would say that's... Uh, I mean, it's just the most epic. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's pretty sweet. I would say that one. The weight, 
you know, it takes time. It takes you about got, a good three, three to five Triple minutes. Triple H, though, too, with that, Game that crown, yeah, you know, yeah. coming on. And, uh, he always goes big at Mania. Yes. Hollywood's like, Duke the Dumpster Drosty. <laughs> Close second. <laughs> what about that? Uh, like, I like Yoko, man. What about the Godfather? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that one's up your alley right there. <laughs> but it's kind of The Undertaker, right? Like, you yeah. feel it, man. It's almost like yeah. it gets cold in your, in your yeah, room watching yeah, it. Yeah, it's I badass. Was, yeah. Yeah. Entrances, yeah, no doubt. It's like on the on the top shelf. Everything else is like beneath it, you know. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would have to say that. Yeah, but then what about Bray Wyatt? I love it. That Adrian <laughs> with the fiend and what you call it with the lantern. We're here, John. We're here, John. <laughs> that was sweet. Yeah, I got to give it to him. Uh, I got Hollywood Hogan, NWO. Wow, wow. But here's wow, the one. Wow. This one was. In Knoxville, when he had Hell's Angels, the biker group. Oh, nice. And they came around <laughs> the ring That's from badass. New York. I remember that one. Oh, that yeah. Bad. that was I, I don't. Oh, I don't so remember oh, that. God. Yeah. You were supposed to meet us over there on 70. Don't worry about it. We catch up. Where were you guys at on 75? Mm. And all the biker dudes. Come. Oh, it's sweet. I'm looking it up right now. Yep. I don't think I've ever seen this. Oh, dude, you got to see it. All the bikers going around the ring. Crazy. Chuck Zito. We got Chuck Zito. <laughs> uh, well, mine, mine is like theme song, so I got Real American as my first one. Yeah. You know, just that iconic theme, dude. I still got it on my workout playlist. Pops up. <laughs> Real American. Love it. Yeah, I got actually all these these songs on my workout playlist. That N-W-O. I love that, too. That's I have that one downloaded. What about the Wolfpack? Yeah, that I love that one too. I can respect and appreciate in a very dorky way that you listen to wrestling theme songs when you work out. Yeah, oh, I, there's nothing wrong. I with absolutely it. do. I have for many years. I feel it, man. <laughs> Sometimes you know I put the Brock Lesnar on, I start bouncing around a little bit, you know, yep. side to side. It's chest day, baby. <laughs> yeah, before I hit the bench for the squat dun, rack. Dun, 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 dun. Need that extra pump, man. I listen to Chris Jericho. Judas fires me up. Just gets me going. I become, I become, I become, man. Is that one of yours? Um, it could be. If you watch AEW, it looks so much fun to to do. I did, can't wait did, till did AEW Judas comes make here. Make your list. Well, I don't. I did entrances in general. I didn't do entrance themes, so I don't know. I, That's I think, all right. You gotta you gotta say your list at least. Then we would put that in there. Chris Jericho in general, because he had the countdown. I have it on mine. I got Judas. Judas, yeah. The Fozzy song. Yes. Yeah. He sent it to me, then you talked it up, and I was like, oh, this is badass. Y2, uh, and then the more and more I started watching AEW, I'm like, yeah, this is The sweet. Y2J wasn't bad. Yeah. But I like the Judas. Remember when he came in on Raw? He debuted. Rock was like, what's your name? It doesn't. What's your name? Like, you son of a bitch. But he was the first champion to win uh, both of the belts. Yeah, he was the first uh, undisputed. undisputed. Yeah, undisputed, yep. Yeah, beat The Rock and Austin, same mm-hmm. night. <clears throat> All right, so just on the fly, I have four of my five entrance teams. Okay. Did you give yours? You just gave yeah, yours. Yeah, I got Real American number one. Okay, yeah, Real American number one. I'm gonna um I'm gonna throw in John Cena here. 
Really? Yeah. This is might be a hot take, but John Cena has a fantastic entrance theme. Yeah. He can do things with it. At WrestleMania, he can, you know, pull out the whole band to do it. Right. He comes out and he like basically has a conversation with a cameraman. Yeah. Like every <laughs> single true. time. Yeah. Right? And then just that last pop that they got when he came back. Like, God, I never heard a crowd that loud, I think, ever. I love how he gives people props. Like, I missed you, I missed you, Michael Cole, I missed you. You know what I mean? It's authentic, so it's cool. And and John Cena's uh, song is on my workout playlist as well. I mean, who can't get fired up at John Cena? I know all the friggin' words. Oh, yeah. I actually downloaded his rap album back in the day. Thugonomics wasn't bad, yeah, man. Wasn't, no, no, not at all. That was pretty sweet. Was it two years ago when he came out to that in New York? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we had that pretty tight. Yeah. Yeah. Word life. He was good. I'm untouchable, but I'm forcing you to feel me. Hollywood? Oh, you're out of Dumbledore? No, we're oh. rotating. Oh, okay. You're, you're next. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, we had, you know, the inner circle. Damn you. Um, I like uh, the game, Triple H's, WrestleMania 17, when he came out and he was on that, that gold crown. You know, but just, he had uh, the same music, you know, but just his entrance was amazing. Time to play the game. Oh, he, he was, it was bad. Badass. Yeah. Yep. And I actually got that tattoo right here. The King of Kings. The King of Kings. Are you serious? Yes, I got that's Triple H's tattoo right there. That is awesome. How he had it on his head with that skull. Yeah. That was bad. Let me see. Sweet. Let me see that. That is legit. And they got to do like dyes because he had like the red in there. Oh, it was badass. I didn't even notice that. That's sweet though. Yes. That's tight. I did not even notice that. St- you know, dude, in in high school, I'd come home from school and I would turn on wrestling on Monday night, and I would before wrestling even start, I'd load up my water bottle and I would do a spit <laughs> entrance before it even started. I could never do it. Oh, I don't yeah. know how he did it. You timed the music right, you know, and get the mist. I couldn't do it. Oh yeah, you know what I'm saying. Used to love doing that. So I actually had that one too, but I'm gonna go with another one. Nice. So I got I walk alone, Batista. By saliva. That's bad. Nice, man. Nice. That one's always on my playlist. It's a too. jam. Nice His jam. entrance is always sweet too. When he gets down, he does the machine gun. That was always tight. I yeah. walk for miles inside this bit of danger. Yeah, sweet man. Nice. It gets me pumped up. Different. Yeah. Like it. A little off the cuff. That's okay. Hey, it's different. Batista was cool, man. Batista was. I think he's also underrated in his career. I, I never thought that he he never flourished, and his career ended so quickly. And he should have been for Could how have been big more. he was. Yes, he just. Where did he fit? Look who he was around. I think he did his best stuff when he was a heel, like when he quit the first time. Remember mm. when he was in the wheelchair? Yeah, he's like, yeah. I quit. I that just was don't think gold. he had good yeah. balance, dude. Like, like his balance wasn't right. You know what I mean? He just, I don't know. A little awkward, maybe? Yeah. He's one of Triple H's boys. Yeah. You know? Yeah, Jim Rat, you know what I mean? Yeah. Big dog. You got Alton. You got Randy Alton. I'll tell you what, man. Before it's all said and done, I think a lot of people don't appreciate Randy Orton. But when it's all said and done and the smoke clears, he's going to be 
He's way gone higher again. on people's list. Yeah, so. where's he at now? He's gone again. He quietly does great work, though. <sighs> he does. I mean, you disagree, huh? <sighs> Orton has slept on big time, dude. I, the I, legend killer. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of with him. All right, mm. we'll see. We'll we'll rehab yeah. this conversation. <laughs> Maybe not right now, but he's not going to hold the belt for long. <clears throat> I can't just see him representing a company like uh, a Rock or you know Stone. You know uh, what I'm saying? Randy Orton can't draw money. No. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's that's a problem too. And I feel like his pops sometimes are lukewarm, but I just look at his body of work, and I feel like it's it's been relatively solid for a long, long period of time, and not many people can say that. Yeah. Um, just not a fan, huh? He's it's tur- a tough sell. I could see it's that. A, it's a tough sell, man. He's turned heel and babyface so many times. He's yeah. been involved in storylines that aren't necessarily logical to the development of his character. Right. And he's just kind of a dick of a person. I, just, I love the RKO. I just don't like the... The RKO is amazing. Down on the ground. Just, it's too many different things going on. I think, right. he's, I think if you want to talk about like the WWE style of wrestling, Randy Orton's like right there. Mm. But I know in a Randy Orton wrestling match what I'm going to get. I know exactly what I'm going to get. Right. You know what we didn't call as the greatest match? We never talked about the greatest wrestling match of all time. Between Randy Orton and Edge. That's what they build it as. This is the greatest wrestling match ever. I almost fell asleep during that match. <laughs> <laughs> Until Edge like blew his arm out. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of that one. But Randy Orton's theme song, honorable mention for sure. Yeah, yeah, I dig it. You know he doesn't even like it? What? Yeah, I read an article that he doesn't even like it. He's been trying to change it for years, but maybe I don't, I don't really let him. care for it. I hear voices. Not in my head. They talk to me. They tell me they're to me. I think it's sweet. What about bro? Bro. Don't tell me that's on your list. Can't stand the dude, man. <laughs> this one for you, Randy, bro. God, he's horrible. <laughs> Somebody close my mouth, please. Horrible. <laughs> he goes like this. Randy looks at him. He goes... <laughs> idiot. Just an idiot, dude. God. Oh, with best. a long, long mullet. Oh, my oh. God. Hollywood, your takes on wrestling are the best. Yes, love it. <laughs> I'm going to tell you an entrance I really like. And that's the new, Bo- <laughs> that's the new Bobby Lashley. Oh, my. Okay. I like that new music he's got out. Oh, it's good. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. New Lashley. You like the Bobby, huh? Yes. Uh, and I liked it for a while. I was like, ah, you know what? He looks too stiff. But that, the music in his entrance coming out is badass, dude. Bobby Lashley is growing on me. His theme, I don't know. I guess I'd have to hear it a few more times. I I'm don't really know. happy for Bobby Lashley. I am, too, because I think he definitely deserves the spotlight. He's been around a long time, chomping at the bit. I still want to see him get his match with Brock, though. I agree. He deserves that. I don't know if he can beat him. Can he beat Roman Reigns? Nobody can beat Roman Reigns. Who's going to beat Roman Reigns? That they have right now, nobody. nobody. Besides Cena. And there's yeah. no point in that. 
Well, just to get him to 17. He wants 17. But I, I think it would do more harm to Roman right now because he's, he's on such a, a roll. But he's got to lose. I mean, he's been holding for so and long. By the way, that's my favorite theme song is The Head of the Table. I love his new theme song. I love it, too. I that's absolutely sweet. love it. That's sweet. I love it, too, man. His entrance, like the one that um, we would, uh, Money in the Bank, when we watched it at your house. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was badass. This yeah. dude takes, like, 30 seconds for his music to even hit. He just purposely makes yeah. you wait. Right, right, right. It's so great. And then he just comes out, face forward, barely blinks, yeah. just slowly puts that yeah. title in the air. He'll see maybe somebody, like a, a chick in the audience, and he'll wink or something like that, like sp- sporadically, but then he's like focused again. Yep. And he'll do that smart ass, like shake his head or something. Cena, I don't need to see you. <laughs> you heard what Mr. Missionary said. <laughs> <laughs> that was fucking awesome. Great. Great. <laughs> Who would have thought, man, all these years booing Roman Reigns? No, he's on fire, dude. I hope they I hope they keep that momentum Perfect going. Timing. But you know, like Bray Wyatt when the fiend's like at the pinnacle, then he loses the Goldberg in freaking Saudi Arabia, so Who knows? Right? I mean we can also go back to we could be easily sitting here talking about a Seth Rollins versus Shawn Michaels. Yeah, that would have been, been a hell of a match. We're getting Edge and Seth Rollins, so I think that'll be a great match. It'll be a great match. Yes. Who is the person who's going to beat Roman Reigns clean has got to be the person who's going to be a star just as much as Roman Reigns. Right? Like, Roman Reigns is being pushed to the moon, but who's going to be the person to cl- beat him clean in the ring? Is it a guy like Seth Rollins who's been around? I don't think there's as much value in that. Like, we know what we have with Seth Rollins. Who's the babyface that they are going to make into a star to beat Roman Reigns? Mm. Well, who's that That's new guy question. that looks like uh, Brock Lesnar? He's big. Some guy they pulled from NXT or something. I don't you keep know. talking about this guy, but I haven't seen him. I'm trying to think of who they have right now. I, I don't see anybody. They've messed them all up. Yeah. They screwed a Cesaro up. They screwed that up. Yep. He, there's no way he can hold that title. And he was just getting hot, too. I don't know what happened there. They just pulled the plug on that. I, they pull the plug on him all the time. You I know? think his move—he his move is horrible. Just that spin around, and it's not um. But it was catching on with the—I don't know—people were were pumped up about Cesaro. I like, think he's an intercontinental, not a heavyweight champion. I don't think WWE cares because WWE is not about storylines anymore. They're about just producing content. So if they can make Roman Reigns like their big star and have him be a heel champion until fans decide to cheer him, they'll just do that. Is it McIntyre? I oh, love Drew no. McIntyre. I love Drew God, McIntyre. I can't stand man. You, you know, Here's you your mind. Fan, you're huh? like, dude, put the odor on, man. You all that hair, you stink, man. <laughs> Damn, uh, you shut up. Hollywood Mark. <laughs> Hollywood Mark. I wonder if. <gasps> so you wouldn't want to smell this finger, mate. Oh. <laughs> like, dude, you stink. Put the odor on. I wonder if they're going to bring up Big E. See, I like Big E. I to think take, he's, it, it's he's he'd be the one. Big E's gonna beat Bobby Lashley. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's that. gonna happen. Yeah, yeah, rightly so. Big E's a star. Yeah, make make him the champion. I called that. Remember when I had the yes. money in the bank? I said, "This is the guy. It's his time now." He, you're like, I don't know if he's ready, but I like Woods. They don't have too. nobody else. I like Woods. As well. I like Woods to be the Intercontinental Champion. I think he'll be. Kofi's got to go, dude. He's, he's yeah, Kofi's at his time. Um... Yeah, no, Big E's the he's probably the choice, man. Yeah, you know, 
Edge is not going to beat Roman. That that's done. No. Um, I think it's too bad what they did with Edge's story because he had the ten year anniversary, and they just didn't give into that. They wanted to continue to beat Roman, you know, build Roman, and he stacked them up. Like I still don't understand that. Like he buried Daniel Bryan out of the WWE, yep. and and Edge is just. Sheamus ain't gonna do it. But see, see with Edge, I, Sheamus, that mean, but uh, I love Edge. But it's again, it's more old guys coming back and winning the belt. I'm not a fan of that. Same. So that's, that's why what, I love AEW so much, because just they know how to make stars. I just have not yeah. seen it. The WWE. one who's gonna beat him is gonna be the one that turns on him, and Paul Heyman's gonna turn on him. And yeah, that's when Brock Lesnar comes back. And takes that I can see. I can definitely see that. I don't I think it's a match that. anybody wants, but no. it's right. a story that makes a lot of sense. Right. Yeah. Brock and we'll draw money. Off. Yes. Right. But how long is he going to stay? There we go again. You see what I'm saying? He comes back, beats and wins the title. He does what he wants to do when I'm he wants to do I'm not coming, but so. fighting this. Right. You know what I'm saying? And then who are we going to get the title up to again? Yeah. Roman going to get it again that way? No. Then it'll have to go to someone else, and then you know, Roman will get a feud with somebody else. Yeah. So... Obviously, Goldberg's not going to be Bobby Lashley at SummerSlam. At least I hope not. And then Big E challenges him. You're does, so bummed out about that. Does Goldberg I, win it and then Big E cash in on Goldberg? Why does he keep coming back if he's not going to win? Yeah, is, does that happen? I'd rather see that than, I mean, I hope Bobby beats him, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, stop coming back, Goldberg, unless you're going to One you know, of the titles got to change hands. So for me, I guess it would make more sense to do that and do a cash in. And keep Roman hot, you know what I mean? Who's Roman fighting? Cena. Yeah, John Cena. That's but the I one feel that's like, I that's feel like Cena's going to win and get the, the record. I think he's going to get the 17. No it's... way. No way. A part of me feels it's not going to happen. I could see him beating Cena. And then Cena disappearing again. But I don't know. Is he coming back to get that 17? Well, They'll probably know. do it now to spite Ric Flair. Yeah. Because that'd be some dumb shit that they would do. I mean, but, look where we're at. We're in a limbo right now. But and Big E's ready. Like Big E's ready, but I think that hurts. Well, do you think it would hurt Roman Reigns? No, because the best the best wrestler, you build him up for what? Build him up to be in an epic program. We yeah. talked about The Rock and Steve Austin, and people look back on these feuds nostalgically. Right. I mean, the one... The feud I know from New Japan is Kenny Omega and Okada. Like, these are three of the greatest matches in the history of professional wrestling. Why can't McIntyre beat him? I agree. Why I can't agree. he beat Roman Reigns? Well, you got one guy on Raw, one guy's on SmackDown. You know what I mean? Somehow you'd have to figure out a way to. Because he keeps work getting out. screwed out of that ordeal of, you know. Yeah, like McIntyre with Mahal, he's going to be right back in the mid card. He's got to do something, you know. Right. You got to fix that after SummerSlam, I think. Yeah, Jinder's just there to put McIntyre over. Yeah. I think I think Drew will be in the title picture come next WrestleMania for sure. But they might not wait until WrestleMania to get. The title on Big E. I think if Big E is cashing in the contract, he's going to say, I'm cashing it in at WrestleMania. Mm. Like, I don't think it should be a surprise thing. Why? The guy, the guy's a baby face. Right. Like, let him be the white meat, sort of like, I'm putting it all on the line. But does he have enough? Does Big E have enough to to be, to hold that belt and, and, and come out every week or as your champion and fight every, I mean, who's he going to fight? 
Who's he gonna? I mean, that's gonna draw you to go, dude. Okay, you know what I'm saying? That's not Biggie's problem. That's WWE's right. problem. They don't know yeah. how to build stars. Yes. Don't know how to do could it. Could you see that, Philly? Biggie, yeah, I could see him be every champion. single week being the champion. Not and- at this time, but by WrestleMania, if they build it the right way, I think for sure. He's he's destined to be a star. Because, I mean, you're looking at Lashley, you're looking at Roman Reigns, and I just can't see it happening right now. Yeah. They're too... I could see Lashley beating Roman Reigns, but they're not going to do that. Mm. I could see yeah, him probably getting... probably not. You know what I'm saying? You're going to keep them guys away from each other. Yeah. When, like, back in the day, you would fight each other. You know what I'm saying? And... Well, I mean, we could... Uh... We could fantasy book all day long. All day long. Right? So, I don't know. It's interesting. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm excited for SummerSlam. Isn't all out right around the corner in September? I think so, yeah. So, that's something to look forward to. Um, a lot of good things coming. Seeing yep. Punk and Daniel Bryan in AEW. See how that works out? There? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Both of them. Keep your wow. eyes peeled, buddy. Yeah. They're coming. Maybe Strowman and Bray Watt. There I mean, you go. Dude, that, that cranks it up even more. You yeah. won't be watching uh, Monday Night Raw no more. Yeah, yeah. I, maybe already AEW. On I went about nights. I went about three months without watching it. Will they go to kidding. Monday or will they stay on Wednesday? AEW. Ooh, they're right. on Wednesday now. Oh, yeah. you think that will they go to Monday? They're real competition. And I know McMahon doesn't think so, but if they can keep this going, they will be. Could AEW go two nights a week? They are Friday and uh, Monday. They're doing Rampage. Rampage is going to be on Friday nights. Wow. That's our second show. When's that start? That's on um, August August 18th, I want to say. Oh, okay. This wow. next Friday. Oh, nice. And then the one after that, they're going to be in the United Center, which they sold out pre-sale. The freaking United Center. It, it 13,000 tickets gone in pre-sale. And you know, wow. AEW's got that... That look, I don't know if it's camera, or that fogginess like WCW had mm-hmm. with their wrestlers, the same thing in the ring and all that, that black, you know, ropes and all that. And just, just the atmosphere is like, yeah. you, you see it. You see it coming all over again. Oh, for sure. Yes, well, yeah. All over again. AEW's, in, they're getting all the WWE talent. Because yep. Vinnie Mac says, you're fired. <laughs> The classic. All right, gentlemen. Well, great, great talk on wrestling. Um, we could probably go all, literally all night. Hey, guys. This ad break is brought to you by Bees Keto Treats. Bees Keto Treats are 100% sugar and gluten-free. That means they're great for diabetics and those living the keto lifestyle. You can find them at Dave's Pizza Buffet off 23 Mile Road or at the Vantage Point Farmer's Market every Saturday in Port Huron from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. That's through October. They offer cakes, cupcakes, muffins, donuts, and much, much more. You have to try B's famous chewy chocolate chip cookies. Follow them on Facebook and on Instagram. Just search at B's Keto Treats. Now, let's get back to the show. So, we're going to move along to the Who Said It? Hollywood. My man. Deep into that darkness peering, long I stood there, wondering, fearing, doubting, dreaming dreams. No mortal ever dared to dream before. Mm. Mm, that is deep. Wrestler. Can you repeat it? Deep into that darkness peering, long I stood there, wandering, 
fearing, doubting, dreaming dreams no mortal ever dared to dream before. This is only one wrestler. I'll let you say it. Bray Wyatt. No, that's not what I was thinking. Is he right? Nope. The ultimate warrior. Nope. Oh! Sting. Quote, nevermore. The raven. <laughs> the raven. <laughs> Remember him? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Quote, nevermore. <laughs> Quote, the raven, nevermore. No, yes. Yeah, the raven. That's a good one. Yes. Yeah, that was a good quote. All right. This pertains to the current climate, if you will. Okay. Just because I disagree with you does not mean that I hate you. We need to relearn that in our society. Who said it? Hint. Yeah. Popular narrator. Actor. Read that again. Just because I disagree with you does not mean that I hate you. We need to relearn that in our society. Man, I just, I heard that before. Damn it. A narrator. He's in one of my favorite movies. I'm going to guess. One of your favorite movies. One of your favorite movies. I'm going to guess Morgan Freeman. Bing, 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 bing. Oh. <laughs> Dude, how... Give a little taste there. Oh. Morgan, that was good. Well, the things you can do with nice mics. Oh, yes. I love it. <laughs> tusting, tusting. That was a good quote. That was, that nice. was very powerful. Very. It speaks yeah. volumes. We're getting so deep. Well, listen. I respect somebody's opinion on the culture of today. I really believe, though, that your opinion should be backed with logic and facts. And if you believe it and you can convince somebody else to believe your opinion, whether it's vaccinated or unvaccinated, this or that, you know, obviously society doesn't need to be binary like that. Right. But, you know, if you stand up for what you believe in and you have something to back it up, how can I, how can I be that mad at you? Yeah, I agree. It's a blanket statement. There's yeah. a lot of idiots out there. Right. A lot of people with dumb opinions. True. But facts are facts sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I Word agree. Yep. And I don't hate you if your facts or your opinions are different from mine. That's how it should be. Like yeah. Morgan said. Should be. Exactly. Morgan's a man. Very knowledgeable man. Very. Like Denzel. Andy Dufresne. Yeah. <laughs> Chopped at that wall for... Many, many months. <laughs> <laughs> I, I gotta rewatch that movie. My oh. best friend Andy. What was the movie when he was in the white? Remember, he goes, People can't see you. Can you shut that off, you pricky? Oh, I'm my bam sorry. <laughs> Gosh dang it. I remember my first podcast. <laughs> Next thing you're gonna hear is Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells, Jingle All the Way. <laughs> Hello, kitty cat. Kitty meow, cat meow. meow, meow. <laughs> Hello, curries. <laughs> <laughs> Gina. 
that we all know <laughs> we don't know personally thankfully okay how many americans even today wouldn't like to live my life trump i don't work i play f- golf four or five days a week i go out to dinner a couple of nights with friends people want to buy me drinks i'm always taking pictures with people ladies hug me The L.A. thing, unfortunately, some people wrongfully believe something, but I moved on. I still think I'm a good guy. I didn't let it change me. I did for a while. I was angry for a while, but I treat everybody the way I want to be treated. Tiger Woods. That is incorrect. Can I get a hint? Um... This guy played football. Former football player. Mm. But he is not known for his football playing. Ryan Leaf? No. It's a good guess. Mm. AFC or NFC? (laughs) (laughs) Valid question. So what are you hearing in this quote? You're hearing somebody who's looking back on their their time looking back on the former person that they think they were and the guy who is kind of a dick but he's living his life but he's living, living his, his life. life and he golfs how many americans even today wouldn't like to live my life when i tell you the answer to whoever said this quote you're going to get mad hmm I'm trying to think who's a prick I don't work. I play golf four or five days a week. I go out to dinner a couple nights with friends. People want to buy me drinks. The L.A. thing, unfortunately, some people wrongfully believe something. That's key right there. L.A., he played for L.A. The L.A. thing, unfortunately, some people wrongfully believe something, but I moved on. Something he was accused of. The L.A. thing. It's an L.A. thing. So he was accused of something. L.A. What's happening? I still think I'm a good guy. OJ Simpson. Correct. Nice. Good pickup. All right. Yeah, now we're talking. That all makes sense. Golf, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. OJ Simpson. So I pulled that quote out of The Athletic. I subscribed to The Athletic, and they're doing a top 100 countdown of the greatest football players of all time. Mm. And OJ lands at number 46. And for some reason, the athletic thought it was appropriate to give this murderer a platform and say some shit like that. When I read that, I'm like, are you serious, man? Oh, man. (laughs) Some people just, uh, they live in fantasy land. They can't stay away, you know, and he was gifted a second chance. God knows how, but, you know, he did. And it's denial, man. If the glove don't fit. You must have quit. It's <laughs> what money gets you, eh? Yeah, I guess so. 
the juice is loose. That's right. I just read that and was like, really, bro? No, there's not a lot of Americans that want to be you. Right. You're a double murderer. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, then you went in there and you tried to rob uh, what you call it in Vegas. Well, not over uh, Grandmaster B. I'm going to do a lightning round here. <laughs> here we go. So... I took Viagra before every game and people thought they could stop me. How you going to stop me running on three legs? <laughs> Someone really said that. Honest. Stop me running. And you're in the NFL. Uh, former player. Don't be looking on my screen, but... AFC or NFC? AFC. Um... Big personality. Big personality. AFC. Who would say that? Uh, Any guesses? Yeah, but they're NFC guesses. Uh, <laughs> well, there's a lot of divas, wide receivers. I could potentially say this, so. In the NFC. But this guy's Read that again. Read that again, please. I took Viagra before every game and people thought they could stop me. How you going to stop me running on three legs? How you going to stop me running on three legs? I think there's a, a one AFC receiver that's goofy enough to say some shit like that. Yeah. Chad Ochocinco. You got it, bro. Nice! <laughs> yes! <laughs> oh, that dude is nuts. He still thinks he could play in the league. Oh, God. But <laughs> dude's a nut. All right, so moving on. Did you know featuring Hollywood Bandersnatch? Did you know? Did you know that Ralph Lauren's original name was Ralph Liftschitz? <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> Did you say Liftschitz? Liftschitz. <laughs> Ralph Liftschitz. You made wow. a good choice there Excellent. changing his name. Excellent. Polo by Ralph Lipschitz. <laughs> What's your name, boy? Lipschitz. There's like models like lifting up like manure right. as part of their campaign. Honey is honey is the only natural food that doesn't spoil. Really? Honey. Huh. So it can't last forever though. It doesn't spoil. You go, you go to a grocery store and you look at honey, and there's the cheap honey that's like five bucks, mm. and there's the manuka honey from New Zealand mm. that's like twenty five bucks, and it's way more expensive, way more have tasty. Have you tried it? Yeah, yeah, I have. I regret spending twenty five dollars on right. honey. Right, I mean, right, right. It's definitely not worth it, but it's yeah. good. See, the only thing I put honey on is my tea, or in my tea. On your tea or in your tea? In my tea. You don't put it in your ass, do you? No, I don't. I, try, I tend to keep things out my ass. <laughs> Is that your Ozzy Osbourne impression? Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. How about this one? The Grand Canyon can hold nine trillion footballs. What? Wow. Wow. Nine trillion footballs in the Grand Canyon. That's a lot of footballs, mate. <laughs> Remember Ace Ventura where he's got the cookies? Our little footballs. <laughs> oh, man. Where's Marino? Yeah, boys. Finkel is I know. No ring. Hi, I'm looking for Ray Finkel <laughs> and a clean pair of shorts. The oldest word in the English language is town. 
I can see that though. Huh. We're heading over there to the town. That was said back in the day millions of times. Yeah, everything you said before town wasn't said. Right. <laughs> they were just like, town. Yeah. Oh, man. They'd point to a tone. It says, in a deck of cards, the king of hearts is the only king without a mustachio. Wait, one more time? In a deck of cards, the king of hearts is the only king without a mustache. Mustachio. Mustachio. <laughs> the king of hearts. Why? Wow, I never knew that. Owen Hart, the king of hearts. Nice. The king of hearts. And um, here's for my uh, uh, Master B. Lightning Rod. Um, <laughs> this is Lightning Rod Round. We miss you, Master B. Jesse James. Holla out to you. It's physically impossible for a pig to look up at the sky. It's, it's physically impossible for a pig. Look up at the sky. <laughs> see the sky with his eyes. You can't see it. Oh. <laughs> hey, Frank, you know what a hat is? They say, pig that don't fly right. I was trying to picture that. that was I was like, oh, man. You just, you just transitioned to that in the best way. It's like one funny thing to another. Oh, fuck. Oh, sorry. Uh, that's it for the did you know all right hollywood well done again you never disappoint my man always some good stuff two pieces of paper too nice (laughs) compared to b's 22 (laughs) all right so this or that featuring philly this week all right so hypothetically if you had to leave the great state of michigan and never come back and you only had two choices would it be miami florida or New York City, and why? Soak it in, man. Who you want to go first? That's easy. Go ahead. I know. I know what you're picking. You, where am I going? You know, sandy beaches and fuzzy cheeky. <laughs> you know what? I'm going down there with LeBron James, man. You know what I'm saying, man? <laughs> no, I'm going to Miami, Florida. I'm going to Miami. Uh, nice weather. The parties down there. Uh, the bars. The bars <laughs> with the Latin women. <laughs> Yeah. You, you like the Chicanas, man. Yeah. Mm. And they got them naked beach down there. <laughs> Me and Wolf folk. <laughs> you got it with your motherfucking tongue on, man. <laughs> got that gypsy doodle, man. It's like that bell cow over by me, man. You must be left and right, man. <laughs> oh, shit. Mr. 305. <laughs> <laughs> Call me 911. You know what I'm saying? Oh, man. All right, Andrew. Well, you, you all just took my answer. Yeah. Set it in Pitbull's <laughs> way. Mr. Worldwide. I would absolutely go to Miami over yes. New York. Every, nine, not, 100 times out of 100, I would go to Miami. Yeah, see, for me, New York is just seems a little too congested. I'm more, you know, sandy beaches, fuzzy peaches. Yes. Oh, you know, Lots of fuzzy oh, peaches. <laughs> Peach, I can eat a peach. Your glasses are fogging up this. Yes. I know. I'm not having some fucking on. They call me Latino Heat for a reason, mate. Have you been to Miami, Florida? Um, not Miami, but I was just recently in, uh, just outside of Tampa on the west side. Yeah, it was amazing, dude. Where I, at? I could totally live down there. Uh, North Reddington Beach. 
Okay. I'm going to Bradenton this coming week, which is like okay. a little south of Tampa. Oh, nice. Yeah. You'll love it, dude. Can't wait. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's similar, similar all the way down the West side, but, uh, yeah, like 70 degrees feels like 90. Did you meet Brady? I did not try. <laughs> Absolutely try. I want to get, a, you know, an autograph or something. Maybe a deflated football. Bring back the shine. Who's <laughs> shine, shine? Oh, man, I'm losing myself over oh, here. God. Miami's awesome. I, we have some friends who live down there, and they, they uh, had us over for a couple days a few years ago and took us all around. There's a bunch of different neighborhoods in there and just cultured and like you said uh, hot parties hot babes my buddy at work goes there once a month dude on the weekend yeah really? just to party on the rooftop yeah wow he goes down on a friday comes back on a sunday once a month he's yeah. going actually he's leaving uh tomorrow after work does he come back with stories to tell oh dude he said it's amazing yeah that's why I go down. I go, man. I go, man. What you going down? He goes, I'm going down to Miami, but <laughs> yeah, once a month he does two days. Yeah, I hear yep. it's a blast. Yep. <clears throat> All right. Would you rather see your Detroit Lions win a Super Bowl in your lifetime, or go back in time and win a state championship in high school football, and never see the Lions win a championship? I'm trying to think, but nothing happens. This is also tough. Yes, yeah. I know. I thought about one. this one as I was writing it a few nights ago, and I'm like, "Damn, this is hard for me to even say." But that's what I wanted to do. Uh, state championships in football are for you, and it's a certain period <coughs> of time. Yeah, that time ends. Mm. Being a fan of professional football, the Lions will go on and on, and you can share that moment with your children with your father, mother, whoever, your loved ones, and you get the chance of it happening again. So I think with that said, I would probably choose the NFL and the Lions winning the Super Bowl. Although winning a state championship would, I mean, gosh, me and Mike played on the worst football team of all time. <laughs> so to, to feel that would be wonderful. Yeah, it'd be like <laughs> polar opposites, right? Yeah. But, you know, there's... I talked to a few guys from that bunch now. So to your point, it's almost like, okay, I'm really close to my close friends and my family. That's who I would share a Lion Super Bowl with now. It's almost like that would mean more at this point in my life than, you know, going back in time and trying to rewrite history. You know what I'm saying? Um, as great as that would be, I'm sure that feeling would be amazing. It's something you would always, always have and cherish, but. Yeah, I tend to leave the past in the past, leave it in that capsule. Yeah. You know? If you were to ask this question when we were in our early 20s, it'd be a much different story, much different answer. Yeah. And it's it's sad to say because it's like, yeah, you know, you're a fan of a professional team, but it's it runs deep, man. It's something that you can share with so many people. So I think it's it's about more than that. And just being a fanboy. I beg to differ. It's all right. I... I think I would like the the state title to win to be able to maybe be the first team uh, <laughs> to win that title with my Damn peers. You. Damn you! Uh, you know, you'll always be recognized that you and your team because it's a team effort and your coaches, uh, what you've trained hard for, what you shot for. You know, and and mm-hmm. for the city, you know, more than just me, more than my team. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um. 
that will always be seeing other teams win that. And hopefully one day, I, you know, Mike, you get to uh, raise one of them up. That'd be amazing. Uh, it's your team. You know what I mean? And you can look back at the team that you may not had good season with, with you know, and didn't win because you might have had terrible coaches. But you mm. remember your brothers on that team. Right, you know? for sure. And we all win together now, you see? Yeah. Through you. So as much as I love the Lions and everything, um, this is they can always do that 20 years down the road, whatever. I have a small window of maybe two years, three years. That- but that was the catch, though. Yeah. <clears throat> if you do, if you were able to go back and do that, mm-hmm. you would never see the Lions ever win. Mm. Might be not much different of a feeling than we feel today. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> but it's it's infinite. It's just <laughs> the way it is. I guess. I, I guess. Point well taken. I would. I would still stay the same. Great one. I would still stay the same. Yeah. No, I respect it. Yeah, I, it's, yeah. I really, really thought about that. Because, you know, if day. I didn't know, you know what I'm saying? That this is a part of you, <clears throat> your legacy. Yeah. You know, uh, that you carry on for the, maybe the next generation or your child, you know, to look up and, and shoot for their school. Yeah. And, you know, you look at how it could, it could have changed your life, I guess. But, you know, I tend to not regret much. And like right, a few right. small things in my life. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know if I'd want to change too much. So. I mean, I played is. for shitty teams. I mean, at times, and I played for great teams, you know, and you see the difference in the balance, and you're like, this is what a team's all about. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's not always the greatest players. You know what I mean? Because you being a good player, it's your job to help that other person that maybe might not be as good as you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To try to bring them up to par. That, that, that's your job as being a, a, uh, an all-star, if you will, if that's what they want to call you. You know yeah. what I mean? Your job's not finished just about you. It's about you giving and helping that other person and bringing them up. You know what I'm saying? No, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. We play to win the game. (laughs) Playoffs? Playoffs. All right. Good point. Tell a story of a time you were either completely drunk or ridiculously high. Oh, boy. This or that. You son of a bitch. I've been re- I've been both so many times. <laughs> Pick a good one, mate. I've been freaking blown out of my mind. <laughs> you don't say, Ozzy. Am I the drummer or the singer? <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you a time that I got ridiculously high. It was the first time I think I got ridiculously high. Uh, <laughs> the first two times. The first time I was at a party and um, I smoked a blunt in the basement of a of a house, and I didn't feel it at the time, like when I was hitting it, until uh, really a couple minutes later when I walked into Seven Eleven, and I saw the big bright lights of you know of a, a convenience store, and it just hit me just like a five hundred bricks, like I am blown, blown. So I got a bunch of food and candy loaded up, pizza rolls, whatever else I got, and I was like 16. And uh, so what you're saying is, man, you had the munchies, yeah, man. The munchies, <laughs> man. Yeah. And then I went home, and I opened the door, and my mom's just sitting there wide awake in the chair. Oh, boy. TV off, no sound, waiting for sun to come through the door. And I like don't even know what to do with myself. Like I'm stoned for the first time. Right. He, hella stoned. 
goes roasting on the blunt. Blood. And she's just like, hmm, did you smoke a joint tonight? <laughs> Pregnant pause. I'm like, no, no. I'm, just, I'm fine. I'm just tired. She's like, yeah, we'll talk about it in the morning. <laughs> Why don't you go to bed? And it was just one of those, like, I'm not mad, I'm disappointed. Right, right, right. Um, but yeah. It, and then fast forward like six or seven years, you know, she's the one getting stoned, and I'm the one that's like, Mom, you gotta, you gotta take it easy on edibles. <laughs> Stay away from the brownies. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. A lot of people change their tune on that, though, over the years. Yeah, for sure. And then the second time was uh, I was at Ozfest. I was at Ozfest. Nice, nice, nice. Fucking Ozfest. And I was uh, smoking weed on the on the lawn at DT Energy Music Theater. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was so I was so baked. And Marilyn Manson came out. Oh God! Marilyn Mom. Manson comes out. He gets started. He's about to start his concert, and he's got these um stilts that are attached to his arms and they're like six feet long so he has like seven foot long arms that he's waving like this and i am i can't even process what i'm seeing i'm so high balls tripping balls watching marilyn manson just swing wooden hands around that's awesome and he, he rocked man um but gosh depending on what you do if you're really high or really drunk it makes it way more fun yeah, yeah. absolutely Hollywood? Damn you. Oh, this one's... Uh, damn you. <laughs> <laughs> One, I, I'm, not, I'm not really proud of it, but uh, I was getting, you know, getting a little high, and uh, so I decided I wanted to sniff the gas cans. <laughs> I like the freaking fumes. <laughs> the next thing you know, I'm freaking out for seven hours. Holy cow. And I'm in, I'm in the garage, you know. I wake up where, you know, where in the hell am I at? Headache, man. A bad headache. But I remember, you know, my buddy had an empty can in the back, but it still had them fumes in it. And I'm like, I, I ran out of some vodka. I ain't got no vodka. I want to get high still. Oh, man. So I'm just going to take a little sniff, you know. And I don't even remember taking a second sniff. What? Mm. And that's how that smell, you know, the, some people just get attracted to gas. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, that, it draws in. And it must have been after that second one, man. It just took me out. They dropped mm. me out. They were scared, actually. I was. They couldn't wake me up. They were like, you know, you were breathing and everything, but you wouldn't wake. You were like, out. And I remember waking up with that headache, though, man. It was horrible. Oh, I bet. But that was, I was on cloud nine somewhere. Didn't even know, man. Wow. And then, um, I can't say their names, but uh, a particular time I was uh, at his friend's house staying there. We were getting waxed up and uh, smoking a little herb and uh, doing a little drinking. Well, he wanted to do a little Dixie Doodle, so we all stripped down and said, "Well, you know, who's gonna who's gonna count the chain links?" So his girlfriend's like, "I will," and I'm like, "Man, it's kind of bizarre, man." You know, like, dude, he's like, "Oh, she don't care," and I'm like, oh, "Okay." So I was like, "F it, man," I just took my shit down right, and she's like, <laughs> "She's like." <laughs> he takes his down, and we're, we're going around out. We're drinking, we're smashing beers and stuff like that, and we're having a we're having a competition, you know. And I just thought it was odd. And I'm like, dude, we we're just so high, we didn't care, you know. And she's like, here, come up to the links. She's holding the links, you know. Oh my god! And uh, you know, of course, you know, he was kind of pissed. You know, I'm like, I'm sorry, got you my two links, but uh, that was just bizarre. And we're sitting at this table, and we're just, you know, we got no clothes on and shit. 
And then she comes in, she got her shit off, and it's like, we were so far gone. This sounds hot. And we're just looking at each other <laughs> like, hot. And I'm looking at it like this, but I'm thinking to myself like, this is your girlfriend, dude. You know what yeah. I mean? I would never have my girl do no stuff like that. Right, right, right. Or would she? And she just was right along with it. She was into it? Mm. Oh, high with us and everything. Just, yeah, oh, yeah, sure, I'll do it. You know, and that's his girl. Just give you the wobbly age? No, she didn't. I I thought it was kind of weird, man, but I, I was like, I'm high, you know. Yeah. Doing my thing is stupid. You know, I'm 17 years old. Why is everyone so right. fucking stupid? But, uh, yeah, that was. I wish that happened to me at 17. That was right. some being, you know, that, to do something that great like that, you know. Yeah. Besides shrieking. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that was that was something like that. Like I said, the gas can thing was real bizarre in the net uh, with his girlfriend there. I guess mine would be um, getting lit and driving. I was seeing someone that lived about an hour away. This was a long time ago, like high school-ish. <clears throat> and I uh, didn't get a chance to see this person for a while, so I was with a couple buddies, right? And... uh I believe I was pretty lit at the time and uh told my boy to hop in and drive, you know what I mean? So me and the old lady could hop in the back. And uh one thing led to another and we're getting freaky deaky in the parking lot. What's he gonna do, but so I told him to go drive around and then my other buddy's like, I'm like, dude, what are you looking at my ass or something? He kept peeking in the back seat, you know what I mean? I'm doing my thing and we end up getting pulled over. So I'm I'm sweating. I, I pull my pants up. Rip my jeans from crotch to ankle, and I have to get out and talk to this cop. It's <laughs> like, so, uh, what you doing back there? I was like, sir, I think you have a pretty good idea. I'm sorry. He's like, well, you know, your boy doesn't have a license, right? So I impound my car, have to call for a ride. We all take that walk of shame. Oh. Parents had to come get us. Oh, Absolutely brutal, man. Oh, man. Absolutely brutal. You should hang it out. Went from a great time to a very bad time. <laughs> Did you finish the job? I mean, I couldn't. I mean, oh, that sucks. That was a complete mm. buzzkill. Mm. Yeah. Whoop, 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 whoop. Yep. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. So, hypothetically, if you were offered a lucrative amount of money and resources to start a new wrestling promotion or sports franchise, which would you choose and why? Now, you're the man. You have it all at your disposal. You personally, what would you choose? If I had the money in which sport? A wrestling fan- franchise? You could do or? a wrestling, like a, another WWE or whatever. You get to start it. And you have the money to... Or I could start a basketball team, football team. Or, yeah, start a sports franchise. <clears throat> that's a good one. Oh, man, that's tough. Um, Both of them would be really fun to do. Yes. I, I would say the sports franchise because it would be, A, more lucrative, and, B, you'd be able to find more professionals around you to build a successful team right yeah i think your return on investment even though like you're if you're being handed money or however it comes about you know you're going to get a return i think quicker um like you said ability to build a team 
there's more probably um more tracks that have been laid out you know you know things you can go off of yeah as a new wrestling promotion i think that would be a tough build it would be yeah, yeah. i think it would be a little bit tougher it would be it would be really fun but yeah. most wrestling promotions it, all of them let's be real they all fail except for WWE. I mean, we can't even say the same about AEW yet. There's right. still potential of failing. Mm-hmm. The only company that's made it out to be successful, at least on a large scale, is is WWE, and it took them 50 years to do it. Because you'd have to get guys that want to put in wrestlers, or you're going to have the same four or five guys wrestling each other. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. So you have to build an enterprise of who's willing to do this crazy shit. Yeah. Yeah, those you guys know? are, you know, could be hard to find. Could be. I think it would be interesting to have a a football team of kind of like what the XFL was supposed to be, where you've got to run that team of players who couldn't make the league but Mm -hmm. are still extremely talented Mm -hmm. and maybe operating in a franchise or in a league that's got some different rules that are a little more favorable that we all have wished to see. That would be really exciting. Um, There's still an appetite for that, I think, to have a product out there that's like, Kind of like the G League, like it's it's there, but it's not. You know, it's an alternative. Right. Yeah. It's a step below. It's like you know, it's like NXT. Like you can watch these people go through and be powerhouses at this level, right. and then make it up to the league, and yes. you get to see their journey a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm gonna get a little deep. Don't mind me. Get deep, won't you? I'm gonna get deep. Okay. You're not getting deep inside, but go ahead. Stay there. That's not what she said. <laughs> Would you rather? Eat her booty like groceries or have her eat your booty like groceries? <laughs> <laughs> say what? <laughs> Did you say something about booty holes? Or... <laughs> <laughs> you gonna do, man? <laughs> Can you repeat that? <laughs> one more time. Put it one time. Would you rather eat her booty like groceries or have her eat your booty like groceries? Hers. I'd have to agree. I 100% agree. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we should open this this box because I have commentary. I'm, I'm into it. Hey. I'm into it. It's an explicit podcast, so people know what they're getting into. I'm, in, I'm into it. <laughs> There's no filter. Hey, the better answer is to just get a coin and flip it and... <laughs> Whatever happens, happens. Yeah. <laughs> That's your tails, babe. <laughs> Holly was like, grab the zucchinis. <laughs> I want strawberry grape. Why don't you grab that $25 honey? It's <laughs> a little sticky down here. <laughs> Hey man, eat the just, booty like groceries. Like groceries, you know. Sometimes it needs to be done. But yeah. Andrew, thank you for stopping by, man. I had a blast tonight. Thanks, brother. Love Pleasure. you, Pleasure. Love yeah, you too, man. Awesome, Absolutely. Man. Hollywood, again, great job. We yes. were a little short staff tonight, but we made the freaking best of it. Hey guys, just want to give a special shout out to Abe's Drugstore. You can visit them online at www.abesdrug.com. They have two locations, both in Warren, Michigan, one at 13760 East 12 Mile Road, the other at 25141 Hoover Road. 
They have all your pharmaceutical needs, including vapes and CBD products, and they also have specials on Breezes right now for $8.99 plus tax. Go check them out. Hey guys, the crew and I would just like to thank you for listening. Remember to email us at fivesoftheweekpodcast at gmail.com with any ideas or feedback. Also, please remember to like and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and everywhere podcasts are found. Also, you can hit us on Facebook at Fives of the Week and on Instagram at Fives of the Week Podcast. Love y'all. Be good.